A huge congratulations to Whalen Bay. They are the number one dealer in sales in the nation for Mako and Tahoe boats. How cool is that? Hey folks, Captain Kevin Faber here for Whalen Bay Marine, and I've been telling you for years how much I love the Mako Pro Skiff Series. They're an absolute inshore fishing machine. But don't forget, they also carry tracker boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tracker pontoon boats, and Tahoe boats. Now you want some bigger news? Whalen Bay is now the dealer for Ranger boats. The new Ranger Saltwater Bay boats look amazing. Also, Ranger Aluminum Series and Ranger pontoons, which are perfect for fishing and just relaxing. So now, no matter what your boating needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. And I can promise you that when you buy your new boat, all the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. You can do all this at Whalen Bay in St. Augustine, located at 845 State Road 207, or give them a call at 217-3778 or visit whalenbaymarine.com. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized dealer for tracker boats, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, Mako, and now your full line of Ranger boats. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. Good morning and welcome to the Nimnik Outdoor Show. Jeff Lagerman sitting in with uh, with two new guest hosts today because uh, today is a big day. Big day. It's tournament day. It's game day. The old school kingfish shootout is going on today and, and it's crazy. How many people do the people that are listening know that are fishing a tournament? I guarantee it's a bunch of them. So since Favor and like Kirk. Like 8 million people, I, I think, think was the last count. Favor and Kirk are fishing today, so we're going to get updates on the water from them. So in studio today, we have Captain Chip Wingo. Morning, Woo-hoo! Chip. Good morning, guys. Chip. Morning. And then uh, we bought, brought in the culinary expert himself, Mr. Gordon Groon. Morning. Good morning. Woo-hoo. And yes, he did cook breakfast. Oh, so I oh smell it. my word, the smells. <laughs> oh. I smelled it from my house oh. this morning. <laughs> he did cook breakfast, and uh, and then he does have the Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week today. Nice. Yes. And, coming uh, loaded with info. Love that. And and I'm going to be, uh, I, I think I'm going to use his recipe tonight. Ooh, I'm going to that. I'm gonna have to break it out. Immediate application. It's really that good? Is Well, Gordon, is it that good? Yes, it is. Absolutely, uh, Chris. When did, when you, did you I think cook you, it? I, you've actually had some, I think, Chris. Oh, ooh. oh, I'm excited. When's the last time you cooked it? Uh, probably about a month ago. Okay. Yep. Here, here, here's how you know somebody is serious about cooking. Okay. So, talking to Gordon yesterday, I was like, "Hey, Gordon, you've got to come up with a Kirby Co. Cook, uh, cooking tip of the week, right?" Yeah. So he sends me a version of it that was. I mean, first of all, off the top of his head, right? I mean, you, yep. you don't have anything written down. So he, so he throws out one off the top of his head, and then he looks at what he sent me, and he says, wait, 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 wait. I'll resend you a little cleaner version. <laughs> okay, got to <laughs> correct the grammar, you know, get his thoughts organized. And, and, you know, cooks, when they talk, you know, Lowry's red. He's like, okay, you know, two teaspoons of Lowry's red. Okay, what the hell's Lowry's red? I know what Lowry's seasoning salt is. Everybody knows what Lowry's red is. Well, I, that, no, I mean except Jeff, apparently. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I know what Lowry's is, but I didn't know that there's different Lowry's. I didn't either, actually. 
No, I had no clue. Okay, see here, see what I mean? How Gordon, and I didn't know this because I felt like a fool and I said, I gotta Google Lowry's Red, right? So so I Google GTS. I do, Lowry's. I Google, I Google Lowry's Red. <laughs> And it pops up. They've got Lowry's uh, garlic seasoning salt. I mean, they have like four or five or six or yep. seven, eight different seasonings. Yeah. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. I thought it was just Lowry's. I bet you got it in your you got it in your cover, don't you? I got Lowry's red yeah, in my cover, <laughs> yeah. and I kind of it took me a minute to kind of figure out what Lowry's red is, which Lowry's is just the plain Lowry's. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, yep. but I mean, when you know from the directions, you know, you got to make sure we clarify. So anyway, so. My point being is that Gordon whipped out the recipe off the top of his head, and then I said, hey, can you send some pictures? A man's got a problem, a cooking problem, when he can immediately give you three pictures off of his phone from when the last time a month ago when he cooked the, the batch of X, which is going to be our Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week. Chris, three pictures immediately. Yeah, that's a sickness. One... That uh, was involved, like the process, the starting, and then the ne- the next step, and then the final product. He didn't have just one picture of the finished product. He had two in the in the creation of the of the actual Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week, and then one final picture. Well, it's you know where your heart is, where your treasure, your heart and your treasure will also. <laughs> That's and your camera. Uh, and your camera. Okay. <laughs> so, have you created this book yet? No. You need to make a book. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. What would you call it? What What could we call Gordon's cookbook? Think about that. And mm. then if anybody wants to call in and, and give us a suggestion, nine zero four six four one ten ten. But we got a busy show. Um, Mr. Paul Dozier, who is the founder of the Old School Kingfish Shootout, is going to be calling in at seven fifteen. We're going to get an update on on the tournament, the conditions. Um, what the expectations are, how many boats, and it's a great tournament, and it's 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 wicked cool when all of a sudden there's a tournament, and everybody that we know wants to fish it. Absolutely, that, that that's a huge compliment. He's reignited king fishing. He really has. I think so. He really has beyond where I thought it could ever be again. Yeah. Yeah. Because you go back to the glory days of king fishing, which was the Greater Jacksonville. And this was, uh, I, I think, what, you go back to the mid-90s when they were a 1,000 boats, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, that It was back then. Yeah. And, and that was a, a tournament that everybody kind of got excited about. And then p- participation in a lot of the Kingfish tournaments has kind of wavered. And then Paul created the old-school Kingfish shootout, which has, I think, a tremendous idea. And a tremendous, when I say tremendous idea and that it's a tournament that anybody can win because it sets very clear boundaries, it sets very clear rules about bait and how you can get it. And so everybody feels like you have an opportunity regardless of whether you're fishing this 38, 100-mile-an-hour offshore go-fast boat or you're fishing a 21-foot skiff. Yeah. You got a chance. Well, with the the bait setup where you can't buy bait overnight, you can't go past three miles offshore to get it, and all the stipulations, it gives everybody a shot. You know, a guy in a 22-foot boat doesn't feel like he's going to get slaughtered by a 38-footer, like you said. I can't believe you're not fishing it. 
<laughs> I had a long week and I got another one coming. I'm happy I'm off today. Well, the, the this is a, the, some of the rules just real quick uh, for this for the old school kingfish shootout, and I think it's fantastic. You can't uh, have any live bait penning, which is your, you know catching bait beforehand. You can't do that. You can't purchase bait. That's not permitted. Uh, there is no checkout. You have a northern boundary, which is Fernandina Inlet, a southern boundary, which is Ponce Inlet, and then you can only stay in state waters, which is three miles off offshore. That's it. And, and, and that makes it every very level playing field. So anyway, we're going to talk to Paul here at 7.15. We're going to talk to uh, Captain Kevin Favor, Captain Kirk Waltz, Mr. Dave Edwards. We've got three on-the-water guys that are going to be fishing, and they all have different crews and are fishing different places. So it'll be good to kind of get an on-the-water update with them. And uh, and by the way, we have the first entry into the name for Gordon's cookbook. Are right, you ready for the first one? I'm listening. From, uh, from my lovely wife, Grubbin' with Gordon. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's a marketer. All right. And uh, now we got number two. And this is Mike. He's calling in. Let's, uh, let's welcome Mike to the show. Morning, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. All right, so you got a name for Gordon's cookbook. Yeah, just uh, Gordon's Southern Cooking Tips. All right, I like it. Straightforward, straightforward. Have you ever eaten Gordon's cooking? No. You need to. If You, you should open a restaurant. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Hey, y'all have a great day. I'm going to work. Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, so we got a lot of th- fun things to get to today. And uh, and Chris, okay, is going to be manning the phones. He's going to be very busy because he's got to be the one that's responsible for making sure all these people are going to be calling out. Can you handle that, Chris? Yeah, that's right. Can you handle But I'm it? eating first. Uh, Harold is calling in. Let's get Harold up because he's got an old-school Kingfish shootout update. Good morning, Harold. Good morning, fellas. What uh, – are you fishing? Uh, no, I'm not fishing. I'm actually sitting here uh, surfside. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. It's the uh, it's a little uh, beach access right here by the inlet, St. Augustine. I just counted 51 boats. It looks like they're all trying to catch bait right here. It's uh, it's a uh, pretty morning for sure on the beach, but uh, yeah, there's a gaggle of boats out here trying to catch bait. Um, I've seen everything from John boats to sport fishers uh, going out of the inlet this morning. And, and that's the beauty of the tournament. That's it. That's it. That's what makes this tournament, I think, great. And, and there's a – Paul came up with a cool hat. And it uh, it's it's kind of a play on, on Trump's slogan from a couple of years ago, Make America Great Again. It's Make King Fishing Great Again. Yeah. And it's the opening post on the uh, Welcome to the uh, Nimnik Outdoor Show on our social media on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And it's a, and it's a great slogan. And – it's true. When you when you put a tournament together that has a confined area and it has a set of rules that makes it very a very level playing field, Harold, like you're talking about, from a John boat to an offshore boat, and they can they can catch the same fish. That's a truly level playing field. What's what's the conditions look like out there, Harold? It's pretty smooth, actually. Uh, like a west wind, and uh, looks pretty nice, really. All right. It's a great day, and uh, I can tell you, you can't fit another uh, boat at the Volano boat ramp right now. If anybody's <laughs> listening, heading that way, it's the tight of this. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, well, yeah, 
Y'all have a good one, man. Thank you, Harold. Yes, Jeff, Jeff, you were talking about a confined area, but uh, it, it's not what that confined area allows to happen is everybody fishing the same conditions. Right. You know, you, 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 exactly. you're, not, you're not going south of Canaveral where it's bad up here and the fish are down there, whatever. Everybody's – the competition is gets leveled so many different ways between the bait and, and, and just fishing the exact same conditions. Yep. Yeah, you can't run up to D-Buoy up in Georgia. You know, Gray's you, Reef, you can't run off of blue runners. You know, you, you can't buy the bait ahead of time where the guys with deep pockets are buying, you know, $500 worth of bait delivered to them that morning. You know, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's, I think you know, it's an, an incredible. Back to the days of Fred Morrow when he wanted in his boat, yeah. his little boat, yeah. the greater. And I think, it, I think you go back to when first Kingfish tournaments first started, people thought they were creating a, a level playing field. And, and I, I want to talk to Paul about this when we get him on more, but as, uh, as tech, as technology got better and the boats got bigger then the playing field got more unequal yeah, it shrunk. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I think it changed it dramatically, but, uh, in the meantime, now let's do a weather forecast brought to you by the bearded pig, the best barbecue in Jacksonville. And for all the Kingfish guys, this is uh, obviously something that's very important to them today. The synopsis, a frontal boundary position just north of the southeast Georgia waters will lift further north today. Storms are expected over this afternoon and evening, and again Sunday afternoon and evening. Winds are expected to increase over the offshore waters tonight through Sunday. A small craft should exercise caution. Uh, and that's uh, later on. High pressure will extend over there early next week. So what does that mean for today? Today, southwest winds, 10 knots becoming south, 10 to 15 in the afternoon. Seas 2 to 3 feet. That's uh, great conditions. Period of 9 seconds on the waves. A moderate chop on the intercoastal showers and thunderstorms. Tonight, southwest winds 10 to 15 knots, 3 to 4 feet with a period of 5 seconds. So for these... For the tournament day, it looks fantastic. It's awesome. Uh, as far as as far as weather conditions go, could it be better? This is probably the best day that they've had yet in three years. So that's a that's a positive. Now let's do a tides report brought to you by Angie Subs. Do you know I have a new favorite sub, Gordon? Uh, turkey. Turkey. I hate to admit it, <laughs> but it's not the straight turkey. It's a variant, a turkey variant. Okay, about uh, three weeks ago, I sent Gordon and Ed and Scott Parker because they're we've got a little group text. We're like women; we we chat yeah. on text all the time <laughs> and give each other He's grief Chris. about different things. <laughs> so, what were you reading today? Yeah. So, uh, so I sent him a picture because you know they always. Parker's like the worst at it. He's always accusing me of of trying to ruin the turkey sub sales of Angie Sub. Surprise, surprise. Okay, which I'm not trying to do. I just said that you don't go to Angie's just to get a straight turkey sub. Totally. You go undermining to Angie's to Chris, right, to get something good that's got a name. <laughs> something good. You, you got to well, say something good. Yeah. I mean, something ab- above your average sub. Gotcha. And, and and at Angie's, if it has a name. It's above average. Okay, that's fair. That's 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 fair. That's true. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. and some of the names. Okay, you got Doctor Bangs. Doctor Bangs. Mm-hmm. What else you got? 
the the Del Rio. My, wife, my wife kicked me out. My wife kicked me out. The Peruvian's okay. still mine. It's, it's one love, of my favorites. Oh, God. Double meat Peruvian? Yeah. Oh. Settle yeah. down, Chip. So <laughs> my beautiful daughter, Taylor, is she always lately, she has upped her game. She used to be turkey sub, lettuce, tomato, and provolone, and then nothing else. Plain nasty sub, right? That's respectable. <laughs> she has upped her game now. She likes my wife kicked me out. Uh-oh. Which has the turkey and then the the smoked, I guess it's chicken thighs. Chicken thighs, yeah. Oh, wow. And, of course, this is smoked by Ed and right there in the smoker behind the building. And so I had, and, and with the way it comes, she, at first she started getting it without, the spicy ranch. Well, then I, she, she actually tried it one time, dipping it into the spicy ranch, and she loved it. So now she gets it exactly how it comes. So I tried a couple bites, and so now I'm getting the wife kicked me out. So. <laughs> like, yeah. Taylor, give me the rest of that sandwich. Yeah. You're done eating. Yeah, so anyway, Angie subs. Uh, Tides for today, Mayport, Bar Pilot Docks. Uh, here it is. Uh, eight. Is that right? Oh, six, 16. My eyes are getting so bad. 6.16 a.m. is your high tide. That's a 4.13. 12.07 p.m. is a negative 0.42 low tide. And then this evening at 7 p.m., it's a 5.07 high tide. That's your tide report brought to you each and every week by Angie Subs. Could be a good bite on the rip this afternoon, too. But that's something to talk about. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get uh, the tournament director, the founder himself, Mr. Paul Dozier of the Old School Kingfish Shootout, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. And hey, folks, uh, Hagen Ace and Hagen Coastal Outfitters is having a 60th anniversary celebration. And Woo-hoo! they got a big sale going on. Where just about everything is related to sixty, they got a lot of items at sixty cents. Some of them are sixty dollars off. Some of them are sixty percent off. And went by there yesterday, and uh, you guys are the beneficiary of one of the sale items that they had. Uh-huh. Okay, the uh, the Yukon Outfitters thirty ounce tumblers. You all got one, courtesy. Yes, of, we did. Uh, thank, you. Me. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, those things are eight dollars. Nice. Eight dollars on sale. Should have said it was like thirty dollars. <laughs> we only got one, Chip. What's that? I said we only got one. We only got one. <laughs> we only got one. And uh, the other thing that they have there is they've got the uh, the soft sided Yukon Outfitters coolers there, which uh, I think they're like the thirty. It holds like thirty cans. The thirty can cooler, and they have them in uh, in solid colors, and then they have. And those are on sale, and then they have a mossy oak element, which is kind of that fishing camouflage, mm-hmm. and that one's on sale, I believe. And then, but they have the one that I wish was on sale because if they did, I would have gotten one. It has the mossy oak bottomland, oh, the nice. camo, and uh, yeah. So it is on your four wheeler. <laughs> all uh, all locations, Hagen, they have the big sale going on. So uh, go by there and check it out. All right, uh, now let's go to the phone lines and let's bring up the man himself, Mr. Paul Dozier. The founder, I guess director, the man himself of the uh, greater, it's not the greater Jacksonville. It's the old school kingfish shootout, which is now the great kingfish tournament here in Jacksonville. Good morning, Paul. 
Good morning, guys. How are we? Awesome. So, so what is your title? <laughs> oh, I King. don't know, buddy. I answer to I, I answer to a lot. I answer to a lot. Many names. Uh, some of them are, are a little more flattering than others. But I guess I just call myself the tournament director. How tournament director. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's, that's what I. So so today is uh, so t- today is, is game day. Today's tournament day. And uh, how many? Day. Yes, sir. How many boats? Uh, how, how? What's the expectations? What's the bait situation? What do you think about the weather? I mean, what, what's the scoop on uh, on the tournament? Well, uh, we're we're very glad to be here. You know, at tournament day, it's been a it's been a uh, a, a lot of effort for uh, us to to get to here, and I'm just we're very blessed to have good weather. You know, and we have. We have 521 boats, which wow, we're real nice. proud of. Uh, it's one more boat than we had last year. We had 520 last year. We have 521 this year. So, wow. congratulations! Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that uh, I think it's awesome, and we're we're proud of it. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a great day. We're excited for the people. I woke up at my mom's house down on St. Augustine Beach, and the the wind had a little more south in it than it did yesterday. Uh, Jeff and I spoke before the show yesterday. I, I rode down there and it was like a, I mean, it was it was flat calm. And this morning there's a little more chop out of the south, but it's still fine. You know, it's a uh, maybe one to two foot there, a little southwest wind chop. But uh, I've talked to people this morning that have already caught bait that were going fishing. And uh, I have to tell you, when when I was sitting on my mom's back porch watching these boats zip down the beach, is is uh, it's pretty cool stuff, man. I bet it is. Well, that uh, f- congratulations. First of all, five hundred and twenty-one boats. That's huge. That's I, th- I think. I think Very you know it, when when you start talking numbers, where we are right now with. You know, forty-year record inflation. The cost of fuel is absolutely through the roof. And uh, Paul, I mean, to, to get more than you had last year—that's tremendous. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, Jeff, I, it was a, uh, a, a, I, I, the fishermen are amazing here. You know, I say it over and over and over again. You know, we can we you can put on whatever you want. You know, you can be, you can have the greatest thing. You can think you're the smartest guy in the room, but without the fishermen, we're nothing. You know, and we're very blessed to have just this Northeast Florida uh, fisher fishery and fishermen are have supported me and my tournaments, both of them, and and uh, I, I believe right here in Northeast Florida we have the largest. Uh, kingfish tournament uh the king of the beach who i kind of mimic this tournament out of uh, on the west coast has always kind of taken the the fame of, of the, the largest kingfish tournament in the world well bad news we beat them this year buddy they had 506 yeah so we're, we're we're kind of proud of that the king is dead long live the king love it <laughs> Well, the, so. the the problem, the only problem with that is that guess what? Now you're the target. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. We got a target on our back, but that's okay. That's uh, okay. You know, it's a uh, it's it's a cool tournament. You know, we have. I had a guy come up to me last night, guys, and he says, "Hey, man, you know, the rules are 
for those out there listening, the rules are when you catch a fish, you have to take a picture with the beach in the background with your boat number. So, and as we've talked about many times, you're entered in a drawing. If you catch a fish, you're entered in a drawing to win $10,000 courtesy of Nimnik. And uh, it's a it's a pretty cool thing. When this guy comes up to me last night, he says, "Paul, I got to ask you a question." I said, "What's up, man?" He, he was a little he was a little concerned and upset. And I said, "What's up?" He says, "I'm fishing on a solo skiff." I said, "A solo skiff?" He goes, "Yeah, I, I just don't know how I'm going to take a picture with my fish." And I, 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 a solo skiff's very similar to a kayak. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the solo uh, skiff, but uh-uh. he's fishing by himself in a kayak, and he's entered in the tournament, and he's worried. I said, buddy, you catch you a kingfish, you do the best you can with that picture. I, I'm never going to disqualify anybody on a technicality, but if you're on a solo skiff and you catch the winner, buddy, I promise you, we'll uh, we'll honor you well. I would I would be going, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, come yeah. take my picture. Somebody come take my picture. That's, that's when you need right. a selfie that's stick. Right. Just selfie stick it out. That's yeah. right, that's right. Yeah, you've got that's a right. selfie that's stick. Right. You could have the selfie stick, in which, which I've never used one, just to make a clarification Ooh. here. Yeah, okay. sure. No, dead serious. I've never <laughs> used one. Selfie stick in one hand, your tournament number in your in mouth, mouth, okay, and then holding the kingfish in your other hand. That now that's a challenge. Maybe, maybe we need to get selfie stick as a sponsor. Huh, Jeff? There Can you, you hook go. Us up with that? Now you're thinking. And by the way, you got yeah. you got some great sponsors, and uh, and I know that uh, your tournament would not happen, just like this sh- uh, radio show doesn't happen, without having great sponsors. That's absolutely right. We 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 have a. a Hundred thousand dollar yellowfin boat that's on site that we're going to give away tomorrow, uh, and it, it, I was at Yellowfin last week and picking up the prize boat. You know, supply chain issues are real. I think we all know this. Um, I was down the Wahoo boat that we completed the tournament at the end of March. Uh, we picked it up last week, so we we're very blessed to have great prizes. and And I saw this boat and. They said it'll be here. This they're going to get try to get it done for the tournament, and I saw it and it's in pieces. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no engine on it. There's no console in it. I'm like, there's no there's no way it's going to be here. And sure enough, Heath Daughtry from Yellowfin showed up with the boat yesterday about two o'clock, and it's beautiful. And somebody's going to going to going to get on their boat tomorrow and take pictures, and it's going to be an awesome scene. So. Not only Yellowfin, you know, Nimnik, all Strike Zone, all of our local sponsors are so good to us. We had a great night last night. We had a little little thunder shower, I guess we could we could phrase that uh, lightly. At the four o'clock captains meeting, I, I started at four o two or something along those lines, and about four fifteen, all hell broke loose, and it was a a really really hail, all kinds of Mother Nature threw it at us. So, yeah. uh, but. You know, we had a great time at the St. Augustine Fish and Oyster House last night, and these sponsors uh, are, are so so good to us, and we're so blessed for them. Uh, well, congratulations, and uh, since you're, you're the king, so I heard that you were wearing your crown last night. Wink, wink. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I wasn't wearing my crown. Uh, I had a couple crowns that uh, I might be feeling a little bit right now. But uh, you know, who, who really wears the crown? The truth is, guys, and I think that you, 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 you 
you guys can probably relate to this, but my wife wears yeah, the crown. We Lauren, knew it. We Lauren, knew uh, it. She, yeah, she she does. I get all the credit. She does all the work. She's been up since three thirty this morning, adding lady and, and junior anglers and going through this stuff. And and uh, it's been. Uh, she'll be glad uh, when Monday or Tuesday gets here and she can go to a. Uh, Lay by the pool and get a little sun. I bet. Well, she deserves it. What time's the uh, she, fishing she, end and in the in the way and all that? Yeah, because oh. I, I think you know there's a lot of people that might want to come down and and the you know the festivities. I know that there's a big day planned tomorrow. So kind of give us the the timeline and the events of what's happening today for the weigh in and when weigh in begins, when it ends, and then what happens today, and then what happens tomorrow. Well, today at uh, weigh-in opens at two o'clock. So, if if it's certainly open to the public, uh, if you guys want to come down to the Volano Pier, which is at the foot of the old Volano Bridge, right next to Beaches St. Augustine Marina, is a uh, is right there, and they're they're uh, great people down there, and a old family uh, business there, but they're really good to us as well. But right there at the foot of Volano Bridge, two o'clock, it opens. And the people have to be there by 5.30. Um, the majority of the rush, the lines are in at 7, lines are out at 3. So the 3.30, 4 o'clock, there'll be a show to see. I can promise you that. Hopefully it's a good show. But, you know, there'll be a lot of a lot of boats coming in to weigh in. And, and uh, you're welcome to do that. It's also streamed on Facebook Live. We have a production crew coming down to uh, do a Facebook Live of the entire weigh-in. So if you're at home and you can't make it down there, go to Facebook Live, Old School Kingfish Shootout, and we'll also have live scoring, and I think it's going to be on our website. I think it'll be on our website, but it'll certainly be on Facebook Live, and you may be able to see it through our website. Um, I'll text you when I confirm with the boss uh, okay. when we get off this. And uh, website, oldschoolkingfish.com, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. Old School King. There will definitely be live scoring on the on the website. So, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, the Vano Pier. There'll be people fishing down there. It's a good. It's a. It's come. Come on down and join us and uh, watch these boats and come in and weigh these fish. And somebody's. The reality of it is, is somebody's going to win a hundred thousand dollars today. Uh, and and it's pretty. It's pretty dang cool to see the emotion of of these guys and uh, girls and kids and you know. We have many, many lady and junior anglers, which is really cool, and and, and we're, we're just excited to see their faces when they bring that big one in this afternoon. All right, and uh, I just got a text uh, from your your boss, your wife, and she said the live feed will be on the website. Okay. She knows what she's talking about. We should have gotten her on. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> well, just she, yeah, I've got the voice for radio. She's got the face for TV. So, uh, you know, so uh, tomorrow, uh, what are the events tomorrow? Cause today, uh, tomorrow is kind of the celebration. And then tomorrow, a couple of years ago, somebody got their name called to win something was not in attendance. And so they missed out, uh, and I won't call any names out, <clears throat> but, uh, there's a yeah, heck yeah, of a tomorrow. party going on tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow at 11 o'clock at the St. Augustine Fish and Oyster House in St. Augustine, um, we're going to have an awards party and a Sunday brunch type thing with some uh, mimosas and uh, and whatnot and give away, a, give away a boat. If you catch a fish, you're entered in a drawing from Nemnick like we spoke of, 
to win ten thousand dollars, but the, the you have to be there to win. So, like Jeff said, we we were doing a Kubota a couple years ago, and and I think I had to pull four or five names before we found somebody that was there. Mm. So, uh, if you if you're out there on the water listening, and you catch a fish, and you send in a picture, make sure you uh, show up tomorrow and claim your ten grand, courtesy of Nemnik. <laughs> Got to be there to win it. Got to be there to win it. All right, Paul. Well, congratulations, and uh, and here's uh, wishing all of those in the tournament a safe day, a productive day, a great day, and, and with you in the tournament as well. You and Lauren, I know, work incredibly hard at putting this together, and I know that uh, the king fishermen in the community are, are very, very appreciative of your efforts. Well... We we appreciate them and we appreciate you guys. You guys have uh, been been uh, really helpful getting the word out and everything. And uh, hopefully, there's somebody out there listening that wishes they were with us this year and fishing right now, and they're a little jealous. And they'll join us next year for this thing. So we'll always have our our old school the second Saturday of June. So you can mark the calendar of that. That's kind of our date we've picked out. It seems to work well for us. So. Hopefully, uh, we'll have some big big fish this afternoon. What do you guys think it's going to take to win this thing today? Uh, predictions. All right, Chip, your prediction. I was going to say somewhere around uh, 29-6. 29-6? You're yeah. low. Gordon? That's what I was going to pick. No, you weren't. No, I wasn't. 39. Okay. Chris? Oh, I'll go. Uh, and are we writing this down? No. Chris, write this down. 36. So, Chris, you're 36. Mm-hmm. What'd you say, Gordon? 39. 39. You said 20. 29.6. 29. I'm I'm thinking uh, 30, 37. Is gonna, See, you're is a be cheater. The so the first year it was it was 43, and last year it was 38. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna set a record. I, I believe we're gonna have a forty-four, forty-five pound fish caught today. Well, I, what I do you know, Paul? It's only your tournament. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I can't make. I can't go put the fish. But there's a lot of bait around, right? And the water, the conditions are pretty good. There was a lot of there was a lot of poor mouthing last night, and there was a couple people talking out of the side of their mouth saying, "Hey, I caught a couple of really nice ones today, buddy." So. uh don't tell anybody, but there was a couple fish caught yesterday. You know? uh-huh. So uh, I can, I can, uh, I, can. I, I believe, I believe it's going to be good. I think there's, I think the fish is going to be good. I think there's going to be a lot of fish caught, and I think there's going to be some big fish caught. And I can tell you this: that uh, the last couple days, the water has come alive. Mm-hmm. When Lots I say water bait. has come alive, all of a sudden, the, Paul the bait showed up. The pelicans are on the beach. The birds are on the beach, and there's a lot of things making splashes, and that typically is a good sign. A lot of living and dying going well, on. Jeff, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody where you live. They don't. They might go down there and fish in your in your surf. That's you know? where I would be. All right, thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, and best of luck for the rest yeah. of the day. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate you. Thank you, all right, thank Mr. You, Paul. Paul Dozier, old school Kingfish Shootout. And uh, congratulations to them and everybody that's out there fishing today. Uh, be safe. Uh, have a productive day. And when we come back right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show, we'll talk to you, 904-641-1010. And Papa G, who has a name for your cookbook, Gordon, right here on 1010XL.
So I got a, uh, a text update from the marketing director of Hagen Ace Hardware and Hagen Coastal Outfitters. Slave driver. And uh, for clarification, I was talking about the, the Yukon soft coolers, you know, that are Uh-oh. on sale. And I said 30 can. Did you goof it up again? It's 20 cans. Oh. <laughs> Or three dozen crabs. That's right. So, hey, look, if you go to Hagen, let's get the, uh, the the 20 can coolers that are on sale. And I also wanted to let everybody know that uh, here's the deal. If you've been thinking about storing your boat trailer, okay, Stack M now is the time. Stack M Storage. They're running a special. Your first month's rent is only $1. $1, yep. And there is a uh, no long-term obligation. With that $1 special. Wow. They will come pick up your trailer. They will wash it. They will store it indoors. They do a safety inspection on your trailer. And then when you need it, they bring it back to you. Okay? Look, I've got some friends, and and they've taken advantage of this, and they love it because they live in the HOA Nazi Association area. (laughs) And uh, so they don't have to worry about that. They just call Stack M Storage. It makes uh, the... The, the wives happy, it gets it out of the yard, and most importantly, it makes that HOA member that likes to sneak around with a notepad and just kind of cruise the neighborhood, it makes them happy. Anyway, Jeff Lagerman here, and Captain Chip Wingo, Mr. Gordon Groon, the uh, founder of Grubbin' with Gordon Cookbook. <laughs> I'll be the first one to buy that one. At least that was one of the first names thrown out there. And uh, Papa G is calling in, wants to give us another name for Gordon's cookbook. Morning, Papa G. Hey, good morning, Jeff. How you doing, man? Good. So uh, Papa G, is this G uh, short for Gordon? It, it, well, I, it, 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 you know what? If I was famous, it would be, but uh, I'm not as famous as he is. Well, I'm, I'm Papa G, too. Oh, really? There yeah. you go, man. My, yes, there my, you go. That's, that's what my granddaughter Listen, called me, Papa. Yes, Papa there you go, G. man. Yeah, I got five grandkids, too. And uh, let, let me tell you, Jeff, first and foremost, man, I appreciate the memories. Uh, great role model for my kids. I was a, a season ticket holder since day one and uh, amazing role model, Jeff. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Ab- well, absolutely. there goes so, the ego this morning. Yep. <laughs> you can hear it expanding on the microphone. I'm, you know what? Hey, you know what I'm ready for? I'm ready for some new memories. There you go. Seriously. There you go. And, yeah. I'm ready for this team to start winning and creating some memories to where we forget all about the days of old. We start worrying about the day of glory now. Mm. That's we're, what I'm we're ready way for. Over, we're way overdue. Ain't that the truth? Yep. Yeah, we're way overdue. You, you know what happens when a frog double parts? Um, when a frog double Yeah, parts. when a frog double parts, yeah. Hold on. Give us a second to think about that. Uh, what happens when a frog? I don't want to overthink it. What happens what when happens? a frog double farts? He gets towed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man, I love the show. I really do. But uh, uh, listen, I've never tasted uh, Gordon's recipes, but for Jeff to call it money, that's all I needed to know. So I think the great name for uh, for his cookbook is just simply that, great. And that stands for Gordon's Remarkable Eats and Treats. There you oh. go. Come on. That's solid. Yeah. Solid. Bringing your A game, Papa G. Agreed. Yes, sir. Right, yes, pre- sir. Listen, I got, a, I got a recital to go to for my uh, six-year-old granddaughter, so Woo-hoo. you guys have a great day, and I'll listen to you uh, when I hang up. I got one today, too. 
All right, man. See you. <laughs> did you write that down? Chris, did you write that down? No. That's it's a good one. Gordon's Remarkable Eats and Treats. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Remarkable Eats and Treats. I like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a got good a good one. ring to it. Valerie sent one in. It's uh, the Garage Gourmet. Wait, wait, wait. Valerie, oh. by the way. My wife, Valerie. You're, you're way better wife. half. Yes, sir. And her That's name like, is not Lowry Red. It's Valerie. Valerie Red. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Want to make sure we got <laughs> clarification on that. <laughs> the Garage Gourmet. Yeah. I like that. All right. Uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Dozier just sent me a picture. And uh, let's see here. Sent in from the, from the tournament site, boat number 272 has already sent in a picture of a kingfish for the uh, the, the Nimnik, okay, the drawing for the 10, Nimnik, $10,000, yeah. okay, which you got to be there to win it. So that's awesome. People are already sending in pictures, which is great, because that means they're catching fish. So that's a positive. All right, and at some point we're going to get Captain Kevin Favor, Captain Kirk Waltz, and Mr. Dave Edwards to get an on-the-water update. I can tell you that – Around Shantytown, which is uh, a known area for kingfishermen, which is the old Ponte Vedra condos, which is down below Michler's, there was bait there, and there were pelicans diving there yesterday. So if, if some kingfish fishermen are wondering maybe where they might want to go, I would probably be down in that area. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Or should we take a break first? What, 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 nope, let's go to the phone lines, talk to Mr. Dave Edwards on the water fishing the old school kingfish shootout. Morning, Dave. Morning, sir. How are you doing? Good. How's the uh, first of all? How's the conditions this morning? Um, they're, they're it's blowing a little more than I thought it was going to be. Maybe that morning blow, but um, it's not too bad. Um, we're trolling along fine and got a little bit of bump, but a little bit of wind chop. But um, it's very fishable, very doable. A lot of there's small boats out here with us, um, smaller than our boat. So. Um, yeah, real doable. All right, so so Dave, you're fishing in a, a 24-foot Pathfinder, correct? Correct, yep. Okay, 24-foot Pathfinder, and uh, did, did you go out of Fernandina this morning? And if so, how was it catching bait? And uh, and what's your game plan today? Yeah, we uh, we abandoned the bait, live bait, for now, and because uh, the tide was going to be right uh, inlet here for the high tide. Some smokers at the mouth here, so we came straight out and um, we sabiki a little bit. We were out here a little bit early, and that was fun. First crop on sabiki, a magnum bonita on a sabiki. Um, but um, we got ribbons going, and uh, we've actually gone through a little more than 25% of our ribbons already. Had a short strike, uh, and then we uh, got a shark shark from our two sharks. Okay. And uh, yeah. what's your? Who's your crew? Oh, I've got Heather on board and Dalton. And just let me tell you how my morning went. I got up, <laughs> I'm yawning, stretching my arms, and Dalton steps in the room and said, "I got everything. I'll meet y'all at the boat." And so, uh, and by the I way, that Dalton is your son. Heather's your wife. For yeah. those that don't know. Yeah, and so. Uh, we lose him. Awesome. Oh, hold on, hold on. We lost you. Okay, so we got to go back. Okay, you woke up, you stretched your arms. Dalton said, I got, I got what? I got everything. Y'all just meet me at the boat. Okay. So I started drinking coffee and uh, met him at the boat. 
and lights were on. Everything's sammied off. All everything's rigged. We're motors running. So you, all you had to do is show up. Yeah, that was kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and for, for for people that are, are wondering, uh, Dave's son is is Dalton, right? That works on the ringleader. Yeah, that's right. Okay, he works on the ringleader, okay, which is uh, yep. Ring Power's boat that they run fishing, and he works with, uh, uh, what's the captain, Greg Simmons, who is the captain of the ringleader, yep, right. been there for a long time, and and a great guy, a great boat, and uh, so you, your boy is, this This is not his first rodeo. Oh, no, they, uh, they actually end up, they caught like 20 teams yesterday offshore on, you know, on one of their trips. Small one. But, uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch, and so, I, so we've got everybody's got their assignment. Heather's our angler. Don't mate, and I'm the captain. So there you go. All right. Well, Mike if you fun with sharks, uh, got all the bugs worked out, and I think we're ready for a smoker. All right. Well, if you get a big one, call us as soon as possible because uh, and send us a picture of anything that you catch, and don't forget to take okay. your picture of the kingfish and send it in the tournament site. So you can take advantage of that uh, the Nimnik sponsor ten thousand dollar prize. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yep, that could be a humongous prize for somebody that catches an eight pound king. So it gives everybody um, everybody has interest in it. Yeah, that's you, you right. Got a small fish. That's right. All right. Well, good luck. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, you Dave. Later. All right. See ya. All right. Uh, Let's uh let's go ahead and stay here. We will push our brakes back a little bit because we are now going on the water with Captain Kirk Walsh. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good morning. Got uh, we got Captain Chip Wingo and Chef Gordon Groon oh, in studio this morning. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's uh, another beautiful paradise. All right, so so Dave is up out of Fernandina, and that's the northernmost point. Right. Of of the tournament, and uh, where are you, and and what's happened this morning so far with you? We got real lucky. Uh, popped out in you know the Mayport St. John's Inlet and ran down the beach. Bait was pretty easy to get for us. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but quite a spectacle right there at Hannah Park. Must have been 150 boats up in there trying to catch bait. There wasn't much in there. Um, we were in the beach and got pretty lucky and saw one little small pod. Um, Captain Jeremy gave me a little shout on the radio and said he found some and we dropped the net one time, got everything we needed and we had lines in the water at seven o'clock. Um, we're just a little bit east of the turtle, right on the edge of the Southeast hole and just had one knock down the downrigger. Don't know what it was a, you know, mystery fish, but we've had one strike. It's pretty out here. Wind's blowing about 12 to 15 out of the Southwest. So it's a little bumpy out here. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Paul yeah. was saying that it, it kind of took a little bit of a turn to come out of the, a little bit more out of this more south-southwest than southwest. Yeah, he's right. Exactly. Got a little more south into it. A little bit of cloud building up over here to the south. And But, uh, hey, we're glad we are out here in the water, and uh, hopefully we'll get a big old whopper this morning. All right. So what's your what's your game plan? And uh, what do you got besides pogies, which obviously you caught, uh, courtesy of Jeremy? Do you, are you running uh, ribbon fish on the downriggers? Are you fishing just all pogies? Nah, I'm not a, not a big ribbon fish guy. I'm a live bait guy. So we've got pogies, and we're going to fish. 
Um, you know, the plan is to work in here in fairly shallow water. There's a, a little ledge in here that we're working right now back and forth and see if we can get something going. There's a shrimp boat getting ready to pop its nets out here just a little bit to the south of us. It'll add a little flavor in here and just looking for that, that one good fish. So we're going to try it in here for about 35, 40 minutes. We don't get anything. We're going to move over and uh, see if we can get one a little further south of us. Okay. Who, who, who's your crew today? Uh, I got Max Bass Jr. and his sister Caroline and Matt and her boyfriend. And, and we got a whole crew of, of glorious fishermen. Here. <laughs> They're all fired up, man. They're all fired up. Good. Got plenty I, of drinks and plenty of food. I happened to see Kirk yesterday uh, when I was leaving Angie's and taking a to-go order yesterday, and uh, he was getting the boat all ready to rock and roll. So, uh, so yeah, so hopefully you guys get a big one. Now, if, uh, if you have to, would you go back in and catch fresh bait at some point today? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one good thing about this tournament, Jeff, is, you know, I didn't overload the live well. We got what we needed. We filled both live wells, and we're going to try to, you know, Troll these for a couple of hours, and when they start getting tired, I'll run back in there and reload. You know, and that's what's so nice about it, only being three miles and and in. You know. Now, what's what's the uh, the the MRI? Because the MRI, which is most recent information, what have you been they hearing? Have not, they have not been catching many big kings on the beach um, at all that I'm aware of. Um, there's been a handful. I think today is just going to be one of those days where where the moon is and and everything else, you're just going to have to be lucky, be in the right place at the right time. And one of the questions that I had, because earlier we were we did the uh, the Angie Subs Tides report, and Kirk, I'm I'm not a king fisherman, as you know, and tides I think are very important for a lot of different situations. And, but does tides matter for king fishing? I really don't think so. I mean, I think they do feed around the tides. I mean. I believe that you just got to be in a place where the water's clean. I'm always looking for clean water. I think they kind of like everything else. They don't like to filter a lot of sand through their through their gills. So they're looking for clean water, and I, that's what I look for. Um, any kind of bait action. If, if I see bait working on the surface or watching the sonar and, and bait in the mid-range, down, you know, under the surface of the water, I'm always looking for that. That's kind of the thing I, I, I spend more time looking at than anything else. I don't think tide is going to make that big of a difference. At least it hasn't been for me. You just got to be in the right place at the right time. Okay, and then uh, one more question that I have for you. Over the last couple days, there has been uh, some fish that are striking on the surface along the beach, and they're smaller fish. Uh, right. W- what are they? They're probably Spanish. That'd be my guess. Um you know, there have been some jacks working these bait pods. You know, there wasn't any bait on Jack's Beach for weeks, and then it just popped up two days ago. Um, we've been having to run offshore for the last couple of weeks and jig up cigars and sardines. And I think probably jacks and tarpon and sharks and probably some small kingfish as well as some big breeders have come in, especially with this moon, to feed on that bait that's up on the beach now. I mean, we caught bait this morning in 19 feet of water. And yesterday, the bait was in 10 feet of water. So my guess is that's probably what you're seeing. Yeah, okay. Kirk, right. I, I got a question. Uh, you, with the 520 boats out there and everybody trolling around, 
Are you guys like basically trolling on top of each other? You dragging a bait right behind where somebody else is drug a bait? Uh, just, That's a good question, Gordon. I'm not a big fan of cra- crowds, so I'm going to usually go someplace where I don't see anybody else. That's just my thought process. It's kind of, I know it's a big pond, but I, I don't know. My thought is always that fish are going to be where humans aren't. And you got more humans than you got fish. You need to get away from it. That's just how I feel about it. Um, I'm not a big fan of getting in the mix with all those other folks. I can see them down there. I mean, I can see them down near the red tops. When we pull up to Hannah Park, for instance, this morning, I guarantee you there was 100 and 150 boats right there in front of the lifeguard station throwing cast nets, and nobody was getting anything. Oh. You know, so they just went. They saw a boat, so they went to the boat. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a lot of it. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that, how many boats do you have within sight? Um, I could probably see 15 or 20 boats. The closest boat to me is probably a half a mile. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. <clears throat> All right. You know, in the area I'm, I'm in right now, I see three, six, seven, eight. I see 10 boats fishing. That's it. Yeah. And then, then I don't see anything else. I mean, We'll see what happens. All right. Well, good luck. Be safe, and uh, and I hope you guys catch a big one. And if you get a if you get one, call us and give us an update. Yeah, I'll give y'all a report next hour too. Give y'all an update on what's going on out here. Yeah, I'm I'm looking right now at the uh, at the radar, and you look good. I mean, I know cool. that. Yeah, I mean, right now the the closest thing on the radar is west of Ocala. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. Yeah, so that's a positive. Now, that doesn't mean something can't pop up anytime soon. But, I mean, right now there's nothing imminent. looks like everything's good to go. So yeah. uh, that's the way, That's the kind of day that you want. You want to have a radar that's free and clear. Free and clear and just a big old fat whopper on my line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good luck. All right, Jeff. Guys, I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right, bye. See you, Kurt. Whew. That's all right. We're, sort of, we're 0 for 2 right now. Okay. So the, we already got a picture sent to us from Mr. Paul Dozier, tournament director, Paul Dozier. And somebody had already caught a kingfish and sent a picture into the tournament, tournament site. Our two anglers that we've gotten updates from so far Mr. Dave Edwards and his family, Captain Kirk Waltz and his crew, uh, nothing to report. Some short strikes, sharks. And unknown so far, and uh, when we come back here on the other side of this break, we're going to do an LV Hires Inc. gear tip of the week, which would uh, certainly apply to a day like today, and really a lot of days that are involved in the outdoors. And then we'll get an update from Captain Kevin Favor again, all right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. It's time now for the LV Hires, Inc. <laughs> gear tip of the week. LV Hires supplies quality fuels and lubricants all across the southeast and have been doing it for a very long time. And if you want to help your bottom line out, all you've got to do is go to LVHIERS.com and see how they can help you out from tanks to the fuel requirements to the lubricants to technical issues, they handle everything. Again, LVHIERS.com. This week's tip comes courtesy of Captain Kirk. And a few years ago, I had uh, gotten a bulk container of lens wipes. 
And uh, Kirk had seen them as well, and we kind of shared a bunch of them. And there's a bunch of different manufacturers that make them. Do you guys ever use those, the lens wipes? I carry them with me everywhere. What are you saying? Lens Lens wipes. Clean your glasses. Okay, I got you. You don't wear glasses. Read. Yeah, yeah. Well, read glasses, okay. These are the lens wipes, and what we have pictured are the Zeiss lens wipes, which you can buy at, at Walmart. And uh, a lot of your uh, you know, your Costco's or whatever, some of your big box stores, you can buy them, and they're much cheaper. And you buy a big box, they might come in 250 count or a 500 count, and then stiff, stick some in your your man purse, or you know, if you're a lady, put it in your purse, or put it in your truck, or your boat, or <clears throat> your golf cart for hunting. And the great thing about these little lens wipes is that I use them to clean my glasses. Because I wear glasses, I wear cheaters, I wear sunglasses that are prescriptions, I wear prescription lenses, and then I use it to clean my glasses first, and then after I clean my glasses, then I go to my phone to clean my phone. Because, I mean, we handle our phones all day long, and so you want to make sure that you're trying to keep not only your hands clean, but your your hands and your phone clean. I thought you were going to say you use it for a butt wipe after that. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I'm betting he wasn't going to say that. What the <laughs> I really wasn't going to say that. <laughs> but, but thanks for making it awkward. But uh, I don't know if that would – would that alcohol would burn, or wouldn't it? I mean, that – Probably. I'll let, give you some. Let you, us know. I'll, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'll give, give you some a, after the show. Give us a report. <laughs> you, let me, you let me know next week, okay? And sideways. How that worked out. Because <laughs> I'm not trying that. And you can get them uh, very inexpensive. Uh, you can keep them everywhere, whether it be your boat, your your SUV, your uh, side-by-side for hunting. Uh, there's so many different applications for them. Again, they're uh, Zeiss or other brands' lens cleaning cleaning wipes, and they come in like a little tinfoil tin pack and great for cleaning your glasses and your phone and uh, another item. So that's your LV Hires, Inc. gear tip of the week, and very inexpensive. Leon and I found that Zeiss were the best. That's what we were buying, big bulk boxes of them. And you'd give them to your clients on your boat. and Always had a Ziploc bag full of them on the boat. Yeah, and I, and I think that's critical is how you storm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in a as cool of a place as you can. And like what you're saying, in a Ziploc, I do that because if you don't, sometimes it'll have a tendency to get they'll, they'll get dry, dried out. Yeah, or they'll get wet. And they'll start coming apart. Exactly. Yeah, so it so works out pretty protect good. Protect them. Little, like I said, little, like you were saying, Chip was saying, a little, little Ziploc is the ticket. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the phone lines and bring up Top Gun this morning. Do you courtesy of the red, white, and blue? I just thought I'd throw that in, no extra charge. Well we done. Didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get a song for Top Gun today, Chris? It's playing yeah, right now. Yeah, what's he doing now? What's he doing now? All right, so Top Gun, have you seen the new Top Gun movie? I have not yet. Oh, my word, you have to. You have to, you have to. Now, look, I'm not not a Tom Cruise fan. Nope. Seriously. He's a jerk. But uh, I will go see that movie at some point, whether I'll wait and and watch it when it comes out on Netflix or some other way or maybe even go see it at a theater. I don't know. But I'll tell you the, the story about Top Gun, Top Gun, and this is a true story. My brother 
was a uh, football player like I was at University of Virginia, and he was way smarter than me, Top Gun. Way smarter. Okay? Couldn't when, be. Couldn't be. No, no, no. Way smarter. When he, when he went to the University of Virginia, he graduated with a degree in aerospace engineering. Wow. Okay? And, you know, was a four-year letterman at football uh, and graduated on time in four years in aer- aerospace engineering. So he graduates. And, uh, Chris, do me a favor and find out what year Top Gun, the movie Top Gun, came out. Well, I'm very good. Okay, so he graduates from college. He's not a candidate to play football professionally. So he takes a job with McDonnell Douglas, and he goes to California. And he gets a job with McDonnell Douglas. He's living in Huntington Beach. You know, he's an engineer. And then the movie Top Gun comes out. And it, it changed his life. It Premiered like, May 16th, 1986. Okay. He graduated. And uh, so 86, uh, I graduated 85. He graduated in 86 uh, college. Takes the job. Goes and sees this movie. And goes, I want to I want to fly jets. Nice. Okay. Wow. Quits his job at McDonnell Douglas and then joins the uh, uh, the uh, Air Force National Guard and goes to pilot training and eventually he is flying A10s. Hey, you guys oh, know what those war- A10s oh, are? Yeah, yeah. warthogs. Baby. I mean, you want to talk about oh, a one That's a mean machine. Bad-looking machine, uh, now. Yeah. death. Yeah. Okay. And for those that don't know, A-10s are a low-altitude ground support tank killer. Okay, They have in- completely independent engines. There's two of them in the back, and if one goes out, the other one will still operate without interruption. They're completely independent of one another. They're designed to take a lot of fire. The cockpit, the bottom of the cockpit, has this big cast-iron tub. So, I mean, low-altitude, ground support, tank killer, you know you're going to get ground fire, so you want to sit in a tub, okay, so you don't get shot up the rear end, okay? And then on the front, it's got this Tommy gun. Oh, yeah, 50 cal. It's a 50 cal, and the bullets are about, man, with the the bullet in the (laughs) shell, like 10 or 12 inches long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're bad, 50 cal. And when when that thing goes to shoot now, it's, it's flinging a lot of lead, and then they have all kinds of rounds that they can... They can shoot, you know, they, the incendiary, the ones that explode, yeah. you know, all these different kinds of things. So, anyway, that's my Top Gun story. My brother saw the movie, and so, anyway, he goes on to fly awesome. A-10s. That's uh, pretty cool. Almost served over in, in Desert Storm, was on his way over when the war ended, and uh, now he's a pilot for FedEx. But wow. uh, Yeah, wow. so that's my Top Gun movie story. That's cool. That, that is, is cool. cool. Hey, I would, uh, I would imagine there are going to be some people signing up after Maverick as well. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the show, Chef and you, Captain sir. Chip. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Uh, and um, uh, uh, Chef uh, Cookbook, I came up with uh, wrapping it up with Chef Gordon Blue. <laughs> uh-huh. Gordon Blue, I see what you did there. I like that. Yeah. Hey, does uh, Mr. Malin listen to this show? Uh, he he mostly does, uh, but because I think, well, he's not. I don't think today, yeah, Top no. Gun, because yeah, last night he was on assignment. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to tell where he was <laughs> <Okay>. at. <laughs> I can well, only imagine with that. He was well, over and Top Gun. Seriously, he was in Tampa yesterday, and uh, there he was going to a concert. Him and his way better half, 
and there's a really good steakhouse over there called Burns. And he, he, he went there last night, and there's a really good entertainment spot close to Burns <laughs> that Ed went to. I'm not going to say where it was at. But anyway, uh, he probably well, is not listening this morning. Well, let him know that for the turkey sub, I think he should call it the Top Gun. Oh. And what he can, and what he can do is go on Amazon and order a big plastic bag full of little plastic F-18s. <laughs> and, and when he wraps up the sub, tie it to a little toothpick or something on top of the sub, every kid in the free world is going to want one of them Look after the movie Top Gun. You're, you're a marketing genius. He'll probably be able to retire in six months, but he's going to have to order more turkey. <laughs> I think I think Papa G's got you still. I think he's got you beat though on the name of Gordon's cookbook with the great. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, this um, hillbilly married couple, uh, he had a ton of money. They lived on a ranch, had a big house, and she'd been hinting to him about her birthday present and this went on for a couple of weeks and finally he said um well what is it you think you're gonna get and she said well it better go from zero to 206 seconds he said okay so it got her birthday finally came around and that morning he left early for his office and she got up made her a cup of coffee and put on her bathrobe to go out and see what kind of new car she got, and she walked out in the driveway, and there was a brand-new, high-tech, digital bathroom scale. LTS, baby! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was a good time, guys. That was. That was. That was quality. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's... Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get an update on the water from Captain Kevin Favor. And then uh, I made a discovery this week in the woods that I thought I, I found something and I thought I knew what it was. And I, and I sent a picture to the, to, the, to the experts, which, you know, the experts is Gordon and Parker and Ed. They didn't even know what it was. And then I had to do further research to discover what this great finding was, and we'll discuss it and more right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. We're going to bring up Captain Kevin Favor live here because he's going to help me do this little... Uh, little billboard here thing about Claude Nolan Cadillac favor. I got a story about Mark Helmick from Claude Nolan Cadillac. <laughs> I, I got plenty of them. I can't tell, but that's good. Okay. I, got a, I got a new one. Okay. 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 Yeah. You, re you remember you go back and you, and you think about the, uh, the uh, sporting clay shoot that we had, the uh, yep. Chuck Foster, Angel Wood sporting clay shoot. Yep. And, of course, Mark might be – He's, we, we can call him lucky, but he spends a lot of money on buying the raffle tickets, and he bought a lot of raffle tickets the last couple of years, and he won a shotgun. Yeah. He, the, he, remember, he won Tara's shotgun yeah, that she absolutely. put into the thing. Yeah. Right? So, so I get a text, okay, the other day, and the text is from, from our guy at Wild West Guns and Gold. Okay, Victor. Okay. 
And he's like, hey, by the way, uh, nobody ever came by to pick up Tara's shotgun from, you know, and then Mark never came and got it. I'm like, uh, really? So I text Mark. I was like, hey, Mark, don't forget, you won that shotgun. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. I was going to go by a month ago, and, and I forgot about it. I was kind of chuckling because that's something that I would do. As you know very well, Kevin. <laughs> yes, I know very well, Jeff. <laughs> so anyway, so we need to we need to get on Mark to get him go by and pick up a shotgun that he won. Okay, we can we can certainly do that. So, hey, if, so if anybody needs to buy a car, go to Claude Nolan Cadillac and see yes. Mark if you're in the market for a Cadillac, and then give him grief or about not picking vehicle. up a shotgun. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so let me give you guys a, a firsthand report from the recruiting end. For the Navy and the Air Force. Okay. Because my daughter is obviously a recruiter for the Air Force, and then her fiancé is a recruiter for the Navy. And they said it's – because I asked them that specifically. I said, have you seen an uptick in, in recruiting, you know, since the movie came out? And they said it's doubled. The Top Gun movie. It, it, wow. Yeah. 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 They That's said it's awesome. Doubled. They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like what, what your brother did. Jeff, you know, it, you know, he saw the movie. And he's like, I got to be a, you know, I, I got to be a, a pilot. And it, it's it's um it's pretty interesting because they were, you know, they were at the house for a week and just listening to their conversations with recruiters. Uh, you know, it, it was um it was it, it was pretty cool. But yeah, their their phones are ringing off the hook for people wanting to go in the military. Yeah, that's awesome. It's uh yeah. and, and by the way, for, for those that serve, thank you very much. I know we had a holiday just recently that for celebrating those who sacrificed uh, the greatest that they could possibly ever give, and That's that was right. their lives, and, and we appreciate them. No question. Amen. All right, so today, okay, the old school Kingfish shootout, and yep. uh, where are you at? How's your bait? What's your plan? What are you, you seeing? Know, uh, 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 Everything is, is uh, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of clockwork for for James and I. This morning, I, we had a I had a place where I like to go and, and, and catch big mullet on a, on a high tide, and and sure enough, we went in there through the net uh, three times and caught a dozen just beautiful, you know, six to twelve inch mullet. So done, gone, turned the corner, came out. Um, there was I when you looked at it, it, you know, what we call the North Cut is. It, which is where all the bait has been. We didn't even go in there because you it was unbelievable how many boats were in there. I was like, holy cow. I mean it was like something that, that we saw in the eighties, you know, when, when when there would be a thousand boats in these tournaments. I mean I'm like, Oh my God, that's just that's just crazy and, and we turned and went south and, and, and again the first bait pod that we came up on there was there was fifty 60 boats on it. We're like, no, nope, we're not going to do that. So we just kept going and finally found a little bait pod all by ourselves. We did that one time, caught 100 baits. And, and so we've got ribbon fish, we've got bullets, we've got pokies. And, and uh, we're, we're, we're down here fishing. You know, it, it, and it was, it was a little a little bumpy. You know, coming down, there's, there's a resi- residual swell from the storms we had last night. And uh, so it was. It, it's, it, but it's fine. We're here now. We've we've been fishing for probably thirty, forty minutes. Do you do you think that it will lay down eventually, or do you think that it's kind of it is what it is? Uh, no, no, no. It, it, it'll lay down, Jeff. It, it's been it's been this way the last three days. Uh, Wednesday, it did not lay down. 
um, it, it just blew and blew and blew. So I was not able to, to make it offshore on on Wednesday, um, and then and then Thursday and Friday, or yeah, we were we were able to to make it offshore because we knew it was going to calm down, and it's going to do the same thing today. It, once once the sun comes up about ten o'clock, we're gonna I think we're gonna be praying for a little bit of wind. So um, have you? Where you're fishing at, is that based on experience or is this based on the most uh, recent information or information uh, that you and, received? And, 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 and listen, there, there hasn't been a bite of fish or anything on the beach yet. And, and I don't think there will be today either. There's not, I don't think there's going to be a spot where somebody's going to catch you know, five, six, seven fish. I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. So we, we, we did, we, we came south to, to a spot that we like, and we're going to, you know, and, and honestly, Jeff, we really don't have hardly anybody around us. I mean, you know, there's scattered boats, but James and I don't like crowds at all. Yeah, you and Kirk so both. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, that's just, that's just no fun. Curmudgeons. Uh, so, what's that? I said curmudgeons. Curmudgeons, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it, and, and you know what, Gordon? Like I said, if there was a bite of fish somewhere, and and you had to get in the crowd, that's one thing. But to get into a crowd because you're at a popular spot, like, uh, you know, whether it be the Captain's House, the Red Tops, Sea Turtle, you know, something, something to that effect. Um, it, 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 that's, that's one thing. But if there's not a bite of fish there and there's still a crowd in there, you know, what what what, what the heck? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, one of the things yep. I think that's very interesting about trying to figure out, because you, as you guys know, I always say this, I'm not a king fisherman. Yep. But when you decide to go king fishing and talking to Captain Kirk earlier, he said that uh, they caught the bait in pretty shallow water. How do you determine what water depth to troll in? Because trolling is the mainstay for the most part. It's a right. tried and true. It's been proven. But where do you troll within this three-mile you know, boundary that you have? Okay, so so the, the ticket is, it, look, anybody can just go out and just troll around and get lucky and, and, and catch a fish. But you have to get on some type of a pattern. Uh, so what we always do is we'll start in shallow, you know, 20, 25 feet, and we'll work, we'll, we'll work our way out to 50 feet. And we're always watching the bottom recorder to see, you know, what depth you're, you're, you're marking bait and stuff like that. So that's, you, you don't, you don't troll north and south very much, Jeff. You know what I mean? You don't okay. just get in 45 feet and go north and south. For, for the most part, what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to put the, the pieces of the puzzle together. And, and that's, that's, that's what you have to do when you're, when you're fishing the beach because there's no structure. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're basically fishing a channel and you've just got to figure out, uh, you know, and there was a couple of years ago, I mean, James and I were in, we, we, we fished in 10 to 15 feet of water Ooh. and everybody was offshore of us and we were just hammered the fish. I mean, it was, I mean, they were way in there and, and you, you fish bait pods. Jeff, you've, you've seen kingfish in oh, yeah. bait pods, yeah. you know? So, I mean, there, there, there's no there's no rhyme or reason why they are going to leave that bait. Um, so, but yeah, you just have to you have to put it together. Have you fished that spot you're at today recently? No. No, as a matter of fact, uh, James and I have not been here. We, we were just talking about it in probably 10 years. Oh, man. No, no, because 
uh, and the reason is, Gordon, is that closer to the inlet, which is where I do all my charters and stuff, um, you know, we've, we've done a lot of fishing around there in the last two weeks, and we haven't caught anything. I mean, it's been, it's been like zero, like dead. So we were just like, you know what, we got to go somewhere else, yeah. try to make a move, and, and, then, and, then, and then just kind of listen and, and see what happens, you know what I mean? Right. Well, did, uh, did you have to knock the, the uh, tractor dust off of James to, before he got on the yeah. boat? Yes, absolutely, I did. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and uh, we were we were hoping because um, he's got a serious case of the tractor ass, uh-huh, and uh-huh. we were hoping that that it wouldn't be quite as as bumpy. Yeah, as <laughs> you know what I mean. He's got because, his Georgia uh, legs going instead of his sea legs. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. <laughs> All right. Well, the the update so far. Uh, Captain Kirk has a really big Jack Carvel. Okay. Dave Edwards had sharks, a couple sharks, uh-huh. and you've had what so far? We've had nothing. We've, we, we, have, okay. we have not had a strike. Hmm. We, we, we got a tangle right now, but yeah. Okay. Uh, there's some Georgia legs. There, right there, there's the there's that there's tractor. Georgia legs, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get off the tractor, Schulte. Okay. Let's get pay attention. Okay. Well, how's how's it go again for the rigs? The the, the when you... oh oh okay. So so you got you got long, medium, medium short, double in the prop wash, downrigger. Don't forget it. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, if you guys do anything, uh, give yeah, us an update, and good luck to you guys. Be safe. And uh, I was telling Kirk this earlier. The radar looks great. Looks like you guys are going to be fine. Closest thing on the radar is over there near Ocala. So uh, so far, so good. Sorry, buddy. Thank right. you. Good luck. Good luck. Nine zero four six four one ten ten. If you'd like to join us here this morning on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Hey, look, if you've got a piece of waterfront heaven and you want to make it even better, CNH Marine Construction, Bob and the guys, man, they do a fantastic job. And they do everything from bulkheads, uh, boathouses, boat lifts. They do complete remodels, fixes. They can do docks going through wetlands. I mean, they handle anything when it comes to like a dock, wood construction, and incredibly creative. Uh, they even do, what are those things called where it's like, it's like a, a patio with, pergola. It, it has a roof, but it doesn't have a roof. You know pergola, what I mean? Yeah. Pergola. Pergola? What? Pergola. Per- yeah. Okay. And it, so what's the point of having rafters with no roof on it? It still know. gives you shade cause at the angles of the sun, but it's not permanent. Plus you can I was telling Bob, it. he sent me a picture and he goes, check this out. And I was like. Yeah, it's cool, but when are you putting on the roof panels? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How are you going to cook under that thing when it's raining? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. So anyway, all right. So I, I I teased the story a little bit ago, and then I came across something that I had never seen before. And I was up in uh, in Georgia earlier this week, and we have always, you know, we we all hunt Georgia. Okay, Chip, you do. I do. Kevin, Kirk, Gordon. He's in Faceville. And we all have things that we do this time of year. 
And one of the things that I always do is, is I mix up, I've got a 25 gallon sprayer and I put it in the back of the side by side and I go around and I spray the permanent shooting houses so that you keep, I don't want to go in, in a shooting house in July or August and all of a sudden I've got wasps out the wazoo. You know, so I spray insecticide into these shooting houses. Well, every time I go to a shooting house, I'm very careful because you never know what can end up being in a shooting house or what has made the shooting house its home from the end of deer season, which is, you know, the, what is it, second weekend in January now until now. Because, you know, during springtime, turkey season, you're not messing around with shooting houses. You're chasing turkeys or you're doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this, uh, this taught me a lesson. I was opening this one permanent shooting house and I opened the door and thank God I didn't panic because I had a flying squirrel jump on my chest <laughs> and uh, scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm. I, That'll this, make you pucker, baby. Well, Chris, this, this stand, Gordon has seen it before. It, it's at this what I call a big field. It goes up 12 feet to the to the floor and so it's it's a ship's ladder oh wow it's not a it's not a ladder and it's not a staircase it's called a ship's ladder which is a very steep staircase well if if i panicked i would have fell back on my head and could have gotten seriously hurt so from now on i when i open up these shooting houses i'm always very cautious so i pull up to that shooting house and of course i'm thinking "Uh uh-oh you know what's going to happen and remember about the flying squirrel. Well, as, as soon as I got out of the side-by-side, I see a white big bird fly out of the window. Oh, my word. And I'm like, that was cool. What was it? Was it a an owl of some kind? And then all of a sudden, there goes another one. I'm like, ooh, that was cool. So I... Open the door, still thinking, okay, maybe there's still a flying squirrel in there. Okay, half eaten, and maybe he's going <laughs> to jump on my chest with two legs. Open the door, and there is feathers and white stuff everywhere. They made a nest. And there's these black, what I thought were turds, about the size <laughs> of a small egg. And then over on the floor... Out in the open, not even in a nest, are like seven or eight eggs, white eggs. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's an owl nest. Wow. So, but they don't have a nest per se. The eggs are sitting out on the floor, out in the open, and there's feathers and stuff everywhere. And I was like, man, owls poop a perfect egg-shaped dark ball. You were admiring owl poop. Yeah. So, like an avocado seed. It does. It looks exactly <laughs> like an avocado seed. He said it tasted like one, too. <laughs> no, no, I did not. So I was amazed, first and foremost, and, uh, and I'm showing Chip a picture of this, Chris, and I'm going to send it to you as well. Cool. Okay? That's the picture of the deer stand. Okay, and yes, I use office chairs and some deer stands for those people that are wondering. Hey, that's good I mean, for the seen back the picture already. Ergonomics, and so the little things that I saw that I was holding. Okay, I'm showing it to Chip, and I'm going to send both of these to Chris. Okay, I thought that was owl poop, but it's not. It's called an owl pellet. 
Have you ever seen an, an owl pellet before, Chris? An owl pellet? No. Well, there I'm going to send you a picture, and then you can you post what this. Okay. What is an owl pellet? Well, it's it's very interesting because I uh, I uh, was talking to my son about it, Dylan, and he said, he goes, Dad, he goes, don't you remember back in, in pre-K with Miss Sealock that we dissected Owl pellets? Oh. I'm like, wait a minute. You're asking me to remember something that you dissected going back 15 years ago, okay? <laughs> and I guess that uh, they did when they were in preschool that they dissected an owl pellet. Well, an owl pellet, and I did not know this, but I do now. An owl pellet is a regurgitated mass that nice. the owl cannot digest. Fantastic. So it would consist of hair, skin, bones, whatever, but somehow when it comes out, it's in the shape of like a big jelly bean. Wow. It's interesting. You got it, eggs it, coming out both ends. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, I, at first, when I saw these birds fly away, I was thinking that one was really white. And I think I texted you, Gordon. I was like, I think it might have been a snowy owl. Because yeah. one of the first things I did when I got a signal was to search owls in Georgia because I was like, that was a white owl. Well, they do have very rare well, snowy owls that are that are seen in Georgia. But the barn owl has a very white kind of grayish coloring. So I went back the next day to try to get a picture of them. But as soon as I started walking, because I was going to creep the door open just a little bit and snap a picture and then close the door, you know, very gently because I wanted to get a cool picture of it. And they heard me coming and then they fly out of the stand again. Well, I got a picture of one of them in flight. And so I never ended up getting a picture of the live owl, but it would have been cool. So I was thinking about doing is putting a trail camera in there and, uh, and getting some pictures because then you get pictures of the babies and everything like that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Do it. But uh, but Chris, do you see the pictures? I haven't I haven't looked at it yet. I've okay. been I've been mining the store. Okay, I will I will. Uh, Chris is going to put these pictures up on Facebook, so oh. that so that everybody can see them. What a hot mess in there! Check them out. But I mean, isn't that cool? And it is a mess. And so the weird thing is, is that that shooting house had eggs out in the open with a mess in the stand. Okay, feathers and debris and pellets it and, looks like a bird exploded in yes there. and white and white poop i go to another stand and open the door cautiously as i always do and this one had a nest but the nest was nice and neat and tidy and it had a top on the nest like the, it was like a blanket almost like the like the owl said oh i'm gonna take care of my babies and put the blanket on top of them, and there, here's, there's owl pellets all around. So I'm wondering, are these two different kinds of owls and that one is neat and tidy? A Schulte owl. A Schulte owl. Okay, a James Schulte owl, okay, that is, um, what's the word? Anal about his living conditions and has got to have the nest just perfect, got to have the blanket on top. Got his poop away from the nest on this side over here, <laughs> yeah, or the or the pellets, 
And then one of them was a complete mess. Okay, is it the other one a Scotty Brown? The odd couple. It's the the, odd couple. It's a mess, and there's feathers everywhere, and they don't care if they poop and pellet right next to the eggs. They don't. I mean, I was just wondering: is this different kinds of owls? Because if not, then owls have very distinct, different personalities to where one is anal, and the other one is what was the old. Guy that was always dirty back in the day, Oscar. Oscar Madison. Oscar and what was the other guy? Felix Unger. Alex and so like, are owls like Oscar and Felix? Yeah. And there's a lot of young people that are going, "What are you talking what? about?" What? <laughs> so so anyway, there was a TV show that was years ago, and what was the name of it? The Odd, Odd Couple. Couple. The Odd yeah. Couple. Yeah. And there's it was a movie. Two, a movie too. Two older guys, and one of them was you know buttoned up, and that was Felix. Yeah, Felix. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and he wore the suit, up. and it was all perfect. And he could, if there was a speck of dust on the floor, he had to go wipe it up. And then Oscar was the messy guy. So anyway, are owls like that? Do they have distinctive personalities? I don't know that. But anyway, uh, interesting story, and it was a cool experience, and uh, one that I'll always remember. It's amazing how when you have an experience with wildlife like that, it kind of imprints in your mind, and you never forget it. Just like the flying squirrels that yeah. one time. And, uh, Man these, killed by flying squirrel. You, you Have you put a game camera in there and in, in there for? I, him? I'm I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I would like to get pictures sure. of the of the babies once they hatch, and of the owls. I mean, how cool would that be to get pictures? So. You know, hopefully I'll, I'll go in there, be quiet, and well, you can determine what owls you have too. Yeah. Well, Barn I I got a, a pretty good look at them the second time because I was expecting them to maybe fly out. And, and then when he went and he landed in a tree a, a little bit of distance away, he made that oh-so-familiar screech that a barn owl makes. So the, the two were definitely barn owls. Now, the one who is uh, the James Schulte owl, I don't know what that one is because I haven't seen that one yet. And both times what I – What stand is that one in? That one's in the creek field. Okay. So I haven't seen that owl fly out. So uh, – Interesting though, right? I mean, it, I've, I've never so cool to begin with, especially in the woods when you get them fired up and they start talking back and forth. Oh, and they start doing the monkey talk. <laughs> I'm so much tree stand. That happens behind my house every night now. We are in the season, man, and I hear those monkey owls all the time, <laughs> all sitting, the time. I'm sitting in the tree stand and got corn out in front of me, and uh, squirrels are feeding, and uh, all of a sudden the squirrels scatter, and here comes the owl. Flies right down. I'm, I'm shooting down, looking down a long shooting lane. Owl flies right in, lands about five feet from me in the tree, and looks right over at me. And I look over at the owl. He sits there and he's just staring down at the corn. Ten minutes go by. The squirrel finally get comfortable, come back out. He flies, swoops down and catches him a squirrel, and pins it up against the base of his oak tree, and looked right back at me like. How'd you like that? Uh, yeah. This is how you hunt. Yeah. You're next, pal. Yeah. Why don't you come get yeah. some corn? All right, so Chris, you don't have to post the I pictures know, I know. because uh, our uh, social media director yeah, how about that? is already on it. She has posted them. Like a haunt. Yeah, she is on it. And so if you look at the pictures, okay, there's one of them that you'll see the where the eggs are out in the open. And this is on our Facebook and our Instagram page. It's one of them where the eggs are out in the open. And then... Uh, and then you'll see the chair and how messy the whole stand. And there's two pictures of that, and then there's a third picture of of my hand holding an owl pellet. That's the second nest. That's the James Schulte nest. So if you compare the two environments, you have two very distinct 
owls and their, I guess you could say, the cleanliness levels yeah. of the owls. So anyway, cool story, and uh, it was a great experience this week. I had quite a few of them. But uh, anyway, you're listening to the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Jesse and John and you at 904-641-1010. If you need a tire, there's only one place to go, and that's Tire Outlet. And Gordon knows. He he actually, I went and picked you up this morning, Gordon, and those tires that I put on my truck, first of all, they look incredible. But they ride. I, the factory tires that came on my Nimnik Chevrolet, I thought it was okay. And then once I got a new set of tires from Tire Outlet, man, it just changed the ride of that truck completely. Anyway, if you need a set of tires for anything, doesn't matter if it's a uh, wheelbarrow or a... Uh, ATV, uh, SUV, golf cart, tractor, they can get it at Tire Outlet and locations all around the city to serve you. Do you know why? Do you know why they're so great? Why? Wholesale prices, premium service, Tire Outlet. Chris loves a jingle. I do. I'm a man for a good jingle. By the way, if you, the the commercial that first played right there in that commercial break, because LT Mazo Appliance Repair is looking for people to to work. Chris, that's your best commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you like that. Was awesome. And by the way, LT is a great dude. If you if you're looking to be a, a, a appliance repair tech, man, uh, LT is a great guy. All right, I just got a little uh, picture update from Paul Dozier. He uh, boat sixty two sent a picture into the tournament committee, and uh, it's not exactly a kingfish, but it's a beautiful cobia. Nice. How big do you reckon? Thirty-five forty. That's a stud cobia. So congratulations to Boat Sixty Two. Does that get them eligible to win the ten thousand dollars? Got to be a kingfish, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. All right. But still, I think I'd be sending that picture also. Yeah. That's that's dinner. Well, it's beautiful, beautiful. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Chris, who's on longest? Jesse. Let's talk to Jesse. He's got a fishing footwear question, and I can tell you, Gordon ain't the one to ask the question to. <laughs> Good morning, Jesse. Hey, morning, man. Uh, just got a random question. Enjoy the show this morning. <clears throat> random fishing question. What what footwear do you wear when you go offshore? What do you put on your feet? And let me explain the reason I ask. You know, I've done over the years flip-flops, tennis shoes, boat deck shoes, uh, barefoot. I, I mean, I prefer barefoot these days. I, I, I'm just curious what you, the consensus between y'all, what y'all wear on your feet when okay. you're offshore. Uh, uh, Ariat boots. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why you don't ask Chef Gordon. Okay, that's Gordon's answer. Yep. Okay, Jesse. Ariat boots. Okay, and what size are they, Gordon? Uh, 12 5Es. Twelve. What? Twelve. 5E? That's why I said Gordon is not going to be the one to answer this. That's like a, a duck foot. <laughs> That's like wider than it is long. <laughs> Don't need skis. Okay. <laughs> Gordon is dead serious. He wears a 12 5E. Wow. Okay. Where do you find shoes that make... A 12-5-E? Uh, hardly anywhere. <laughs> you thought we were joking, didn't you? 
Chip, I, Chip, Chip's shaking his head. I told you, Chip, I'm not joking. Uh, That's why I said Gordon's not the one to answer this question. So you're telling me I don't invite him out to fish with me then? <laughs> Unless you I look, if you want to get some Marriott boot marks on your boat, call oh. him up. Call uh, him up. If you put down the aqua, aqua tread, it'll be all right. All right, so um, what do you wear, Chip? I actually took a page out of Kurt Waltz's book, and the older I'm getting, I went with these new ortho tennis shoes like these. And their things are unbelievable. What are they? They're called Ortho Feet. Okay. And they're not cheap. They're about one hundred and sixty nine dollars, but they're they grip well. And you know, standing on a hard boat all day and getting old, they, your feet feel off. Awesome. Yeah, for, for, I mean, for you guys that uh, that fish every day, when I say you guys, I mean you and Kirk and Kevin, and you're on your feet nonstop. I mean, that, I think that's an absolute must that you've got to have something that's incredible for your feet now. Uh, for me, Jesse, uh, I'm in a kayak, and when you're getting in and out of the kayak, your feet get wet. That's just the reality. And so I use um, like slip-on water shoes that uh, breathe a lot. So they're they're I mean, it's like a mesh fabric that dries very easily, and even the tread has holes that breathe through, so the water goes all the way through the soles. And so, Jesse, I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of different options. Now, for me, I, I got to have something that my feet are allowed to breathe for being in the kayak, and I'll wear the same ones, uh, even offshore in a boat. And I, and I can, I can't honestly tell you the name brand of them. Yeah. The first pair that I ever got, I got them off of Amazon. The second pair I got, I got them off of Amazon, and they both of them have been fantastic. Well, I went, I wore flip flops and went barefooted for years on the boat because I, you know, just kind of old redneck and enjoyed it, but. I started paying the price after a while, um, and I plus yeah, I, I'm old redneck too. I, I like going barefoot, but yeah. then you know, if, if you hit a, if you stub your toe one time on the, you know, on something, it's like, oh my god, that hurts so bad. I broke my toe. Leave yeah. a hatch lock up for one time, and when you kick it, you won't do it again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a great yeah, question. He, uh, the, the ones, uh, the water shoes that I got. Uh, they're called DLGJPA men's quick drying water shoes. I mean, and they weren't they weren't expensive. I mean, it's that's almost, an Amazon brand name if I ever. It heard is. One. It's totally an Amazon <laughs> brand name, and I can tell you, uh, so far so good. I've loved and you I've know, loved them. Sea Deck is on the list to do on the boat. I mean, are, are you big advocates for Sea Deck? I'm going to get the Aqua Traction put on mine. The local guy here, Leon, has it on his boat, and I'm going to put a double. Uh, helm pad down where you're standing all the time running the boat and then have it it's it's great stuff i waited and watched how long it took leon to tear his up and he can't tear it up so i'm gonna go ahead and get it done now what um, what's the name of the local um it's called aqua traction and yeah yeah so they're Excellent. over there i'm gonna look it up yeah if you're going barefoot on the boat man that's the ticket right there that's a, that's yeah. what i'd want to have something because he gives you a little bit of grip and then also takes a little bit of that uh Wear and tear off mm -hmm. of your your feet. Are it's those, a little. Are, are those mats or is it something that glues down? It adheres down, okay. and there's a three year warranty. I think they have on them if something splits, cracks, whatever. But I mean, Leon's using bleach and a pressure washer on it, and the you know, still they, holding up. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. So excellent work, man. Thank hey, you very much. And Jesse, by the way, I think I, I think that uh, I want to say Scott Shank and and Kirk. Uh, have also used uh, what is it hook uh, 
those wave, those rogue wave pull on boots, those slip on boots. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I think both yeah, both, the, both those guys are Kirk, big fans. Kirk of those. does, and then I do as well. Like in the in the cold weather fishing, that's what I wear. Yeah. Yeah, is, I have them too. Is those and it's extra uh, tufts. what are the other ones? They're, they're extra tufts is what I use. What is it called? Extra tufts. Yeah, extra tufts. They have a commercial uh, commercial line too, so it's not just the regular line. So it's a really heavy deal. Yeah, the little, sh- little essentially yeah. they're ankle slip on boots, and uh, and I love them for colder weather fishing. But uh, for the warmer weather fishing, I like I like the porous kind of sneakers. Yeah, and if it's cold, we ain't going out. <laughs> oh, <I am. laughs> oh, what do you mean? That's like prime time sheep's head season. Heck yeah, it's come cold. on, man. Yeah. All right, thank you, Too Jesse. Florida redneck. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, buddy. See you, man. Great, Great. question. Uh, Chris, you want to squeeze John in real quick? Sure, why Yeah, not? let's do that. Uh, we're messing the clock up all day. So, good yes, morning, John. Yeah, been. Good morning. So, you got, a, you got a name for Gordon's cookbook, huh? Yes, I do, and, and I... Appreciate Chris not calling me Chad. It's John Strickland. Morning, John. Y'all have had some good suggestions, but I think you can throw them all out now. Okay. Okay, Uh-oh. Chad. Oh, that's confidence. Come on, talk to me, Chad. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the new title is The Best Groomed Food with Gordon. The, the Best Groomed Food. Is it groomed? Groomed. 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 They said groomed. Okay, because Gordon's last name is groom. groomed. So okay. it's a play on words of groom and groomed. There you go. Correct. Okay. And oh. I wouldn't say it's better than the great one. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> All right. Well, but it's good. You know, better luck next time. There's always another one coming along. All right. Thank, Thank you, John. You. All right. All right. Bye. Let's take a break here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. And when we come back, we've got. A Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week right here again on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. It's time now for the Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. If you've got a job site, there's only one place to go, and that's Ring Power and a Cat Rental Store, the youngest fleet in the industry, the most dependable fleet in the industry which means it's the most productive fleet in the industry. Go to ringpower.com to learn more. All right, this week at Hagen Coastal Outfitters and Hagen Ace Hardware Store, they're celebrating 60 years, 60 years, which is incredible. And uh, I've got the flyer right here, and they've got all kinds of discounts. And uh, one of the cool things is, I've got these 30-ounce tumblers right here in front of me that I got one for Gordon and one for Chris and one for Captain Chip here. Woohoo! And they're the 30-ounce tumblers, and they're on sale now for $8.50. They are 60% off. 60 because it's 60 years they're celebrating at Hagen. And uh, they've got all kinds of specials from the tumblers to the big green eggs. And then you can go to uh, some of uh, the things I think that Gordon would love. They've, you can get a plastic fly swatter, Gordon, 60 cents. Wow. Nice. Okay, for your outdoor kitchen. That's a bargain. You can buy a tennis ball dog toy for 60 cents. Wow. How about some lady jersey gloves? 60 cents as well. How about the hose washers that you always have a oh, leak gosh, I need when a you're using the squirt hose? Mm-hmm. You get a pack of them for 60 cents. How about a snap-off utility blade cutter? 
60 cents. Okay? Masking tape, regular $2.39, 60 cents. Okay, all these sales are going on at the Hagen A stores, and it ends today. What was the what was the big green egg thing again? All right, I'm gonna go back to page one on the flyer. Here it is, okay? A big green egg starter kit. Okay, you can receive a $60 gift card with a purchase. So if you wow. buy the big green egg starter kit, $60 gift card. Here's another one for you, Chris. If you go in there and you buy a kayak, oh, okay, priced at $999 or more, mm-hmm. okay, which they've got the Hobies and the Old Towns, then you get a 60% off gift card to get a set of sunglasses of your choice. Nice. Sunglasses ain't cheap. No, man. they're not. Okay. Not the good ones, for sure. All right, so all oh, available. That's, awesome. that's your Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. Sale ends today, and congratulations to the Hagens on 60 years. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, well, that's what happens when you do your business right. You know Nine I mean? stores online with uh, number 10 and 11 coming. So they're awesome. How about they're just that? awesome. The Hagens are awesome. How about that? All right, uh, let's go to the phone line. Jeff Logman here in studio with Captain Chip Wingo. Mr. Gordon Groon, who has a Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week to come. And let's go talk to Sandy this morning. Good morning, Sandy. Morning, guys. I always love the show. Thank you. Morning. Um, the last couple of weeks, I've been, um, it's about the third, fourth year I've been back into deer hunting after being out of it for so long. And it's so enjoyable to get out there in the woods and starting to catch a couple of bucks on velvet on my trail cameras and that's the first time but um here recently i've been catching a couple fawns and got some crawfeeders feeders that's got the protein in it and i said you know poor little fellas can't get up there to get their head in the trough so i put a couple little buckets under each one of the protein feeders and um i caught one this morning i sent the picture in it looked like i got a spotted fawn in the bucket under the trough feeder standing in the bucket he looks like he's standing in the bucket i'm pulling it up right now that's yeah that's a cool picture just a little old yeah. teeny guy yeah uh, by, by the way just a little quick tip here uh, the deer are dropping fawns and so those that have land uh wait a little while before you fire up the big bush hog mowers Okay, because when these fawns are born, they can't get out of the way of a mower. So yeah. you might want to just wait a week or two or three and uh, to make sure that these fawns and some of the turkey quail get old enough to where they can get out of the way. Oh, yeah, I bet so. I never thought about that. Always thinking. I'm always thinking, Sandy. Thank yeah. you, Sandy. That's a great picture, by the way. All right, enjoy the show, guys. You do a great job. Thank you. I keep, told Chris he's starting to get back into it. <laughs> keep sending the pictures of uh, the trail camera. I love them. All right, buddy. See ya. All right, so that begs another discussion because, um, you know, we're seeing 40-year record inflation. We're seeing prices on fuel over $5 a gallon. Okay, so I was talking to um, – Griffin's Warehouse, which is up in Georgia, and they have, they're, they're basically it's the it's the store for the for the farmers, mm-hmm. fertilizer, herbicides, seed that's all bought through this particular place. And so I was talking, and I usually talk to Bill or 
uh, Marshall, but this time I talked to Clint, and I said, hey, Clint, I said, where's where's the fertilizer prices at now? Because I talked to him about a month ago, and he said they're about the same, Jeff. And I said, well, for a little kind of, I guess you could say, understanding for, because I was trying to get the information so I could share this with on the radio show. I said, one year ago today, where is the price of fertilizer now compared to what it was one year ago to one year ago today? And his answer was double. Okay. So if fertilizer costs are doubled from a year ago, Gas prices, diesel prices are well over $5, okay? Some of the two greatest input costs to what we eat, okay, from farming are fertilizer, seed, fuel, et cetera, okay? And those are input costs. So we're seeing an increase, I think, what we've seen is, uh, according to reports, 15% to 20% raise uh, raise in food prices right now. What do you think it's going to be going forward? 100. You, you think it's going to be better? No, it's going to be No. No, it's Yeah. I was talking to one of the, my friends who farms up in Georgia and he was telling me I was asking about diesel prices and stuff and he said this year it won't hurt me because I pre-buy my fuel. So he bought his fuel and everything beforehand. He has tanker trucks. Because a lot of those guys will have a tank that's 500 gallons or 1,000 gallons trucks, or you know, whatever. Tanker trucks sitting out there that he uses. And he said, but next year, it's going to be a whole different story. Right. So he said, because I pre-bought everything for this year, and I can go through my harvest, and then we'll see where it goes next year. And the fertilizer, most of those guys already had the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Some of it had it applied. Some of it didn't. And, and the, one, the other thing that we're seeing for people that uh, you know that don't really – know anything about this kind of thing. The highest cost part of fertilizer is nitrogen. Okay. And from what I understand, we don't get a lot of nitrogen from our own country. This is what comes from overseas. Okay. So things that use a lot of nitrogen in farming, cotton, corn. Okay. Sorghum. Okay. Your legumes like peanuts and soybean and, and things of that nature, they don't. You don't have to apply nitrogen. They, they, they fixate nitrogen out of the air for the All plant. All your vegetables are real nitrogen users. Yes. You know, the tomatoes, the tomatoes squash, 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 watermelon, watermelon zucchini. Plant. I mean, all those things use nitrogen. So what you're seeing, and you and you have seen in certain parts where I I have been in Georgia, and then also I was talking to uh, Dave Edwards, who does a lot of management for uh, for his job at, at up in Illinois, which typically is a very corn-heavy producing state, he said a lot of those farmers up there have switched to soybeans. So that means that some people have taken the nitrogen out of the equation and they're not planting corn. Okay, they're not planting corn in Georgia. They're planting peanuts. I don't, I don't know about you, Gordon, but I'm seeing way more peanuts than I've ever seen before being planted. And I haven't seen a lot of cotton planted yet either, which those are both heavy nitrogen users. So, first of all, I mean, that just leads to the question and the discussion of, okay, what's going to happen to the future of our food costs, mm-hmm. okay, from a farming standpoint? 
But then also from an outdoorsman's perspective, here we are talking about Sandy having a trough feeder. It's legal in the state of Florida and the state of Georgia where guys are buying corn Mm -hmm. by the 50-pound bag or buying it in bulk, okay, and feeding corn to deer. And last year, a bag of corn went all the way up to darn near $10 a bag. You think we're going to be spending $15 a bag on corn this fall? Oh, yeah. I I just got priced some uh, corn to fill up our feeder, our, our silo um, at our club, buy it nine tons at a time. And it was 240 250 a ton last year. And it's, uh, they're pricing it at 510 now, 510 Double, more than double mm-hmm. <clears throat> a ton. Okay. I might have some skinny deer this year. I, I'm, that's my, my <laughs> point is, is that, you know, I think that this, two reasons. One is that the, the cost of, of making corn is getting higher. Now you also add in that less corn period has been planted. Well, the demand because of the, the cost, too, yeah. and the demand's still going to be there from the outdoorsman's perspective. But who's going to be willing to pay twenty dollars for a bag of corn? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious. Last year we were paying forty dollars per fifty-five gallon drum, and it'll be it'll be eighty to hundred this year all day. So long. we were buying it from a farmer. And he has a silo, and you just pull up and load and, your own. And he corn. loads it up. Well, you do it yourself, and okay. you're leaving the money in his truck. And, uh, and now I'm really curious to see, yeah. you know. But the corn that he's selling this year was last year's corn, I guess, well, he'll have. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's going to get expensive. It's going to get very just expensive. Just the fuel alone. Remember, what was it, a year and a half ago, we were paying up down to $1.49 a gallon up in Georgia? You know, and then now it's tripled that. <laughs> well, I saw it, it, it a few weeks ago before all the sweet corn came in in, in, in the grocery stores. It was a dollar twenty-five an ear. An ear. Yeah. Hmm. One ear of corn, a dollar or a dollar twenty-five. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Anyway, let's take a break. We come back. We'll continue the discussion because I mean, these are all things. I mean, when you think of from a daily living standpoint, and then also from an outdoor standpoint, mm-hmm. how will that impact? our daily lives of living and putting food on the table. And then also how will that impact our outdoor lives? I mean, that's, these are, these are real things to talk about. Okay. We'll talk about that and more right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC outdoor show. Coastal Equipment in New Kings Road and in McClenny, your home of the Orange Army. That's Kubota Tractors. They also have all the Gravely zero-turn mowers, hot seat pressure washers, all the steel power equipment, all, again, at Coastal Equipment and a great service department, great parts department at both locations. Go see um, the Cassidy clan, and uh, they will take very good care of you as they have taken very good care of us. And we're just talking about some of these input costs for farming and and how that will affect some of the outdoors. I, and the cost of fuel right now is uh, incredibly high. That's why I was congratulating the tournament director, Paul Dozier, of the Old School Kingfish Shootout for the great turnout that he had, a, a record 521 boats today that are fishing. We're going to get some updates on from some of the guys here uh, in a little bit. But, I mean, that's a real cost, a real cost. I mean, we are talking about, Guys that have taken trips in the past, like in the fall, we all go to Georgia 
And uh, does that impact the amount of times that we go to Georgia? I mean, you go now and you fill up the tank, and it's taking twice the amount of what it used to. It might be staying longer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, well, you yeah. might change it, you know, if, instead of just running up there for a day like you might, you say, well, you know, let's. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hundred, hundred, $100 trip now, $150 trip just to go out. Yeah, you might yeah. You might change the way you make your schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. Like what you're talking about, Chip, as far as instead of just saying, well, I'll run up and then I'll come back and do this. You might try to work your schedule out to where you're not having to come back to do that and you're staying up there for a longer period of time and having less back and forth. Well, I, with my business, you know, chartering, I've had to raise my rates. And my clients haven't said a word about it other than we understand. You know, I keep my boat at Palm Cove Marina and I have to buy my fuel there because I'm in, you know, I'm in the marina in the dry stack. Wait, it is. And it's $6.20 a gallon. And I burn on average, you know, eight to 10 a, a day unless I run south and then it goes to 15, sometimes 20 gallons, mm-hmm. 24 gallons. But um, yeah, it is what it is, you know, but shrimp has gone up. You know everything. Crabs is three dollar three dollars a piece to three fifty a piece for a blue crab now, and you know it's like I guess that cast net's going to get a lot of work out this year. <laughs> yeah, so. and you talk about that just just like a decision or not a decision, a topic that probably needs to be discussed, and it's it's kind of taboo, is um, about the commercial fishing uh, industry. Um, it's almost um, it seems very odd that the commercial fishing, uh, the, the fishery itself, is managed for the commercial guys more than it is the recreational guys. So us as recreational anglers, and you know, kind of saying you too, Chip, is, you know, you're you're spending the same amount of money to go out and do these things, mm-hmm. um, but you can keep two fish, yeah. you know, and and um, you know maybe they start thinking about the the fishery. Like we do the wildlife. I mean, we manage the wildlife. You can't harvest a deer and sell it. Right. You can pin raise it right. and sell it your venison. You know, you can't shoot quail and sell them. You know, they're game animals. And, you know, and it's it's at the point where we're seeing Georgia changing the, the redfish regs now. They're going down to, I think the DNR proposed them going down to two as well. Which um, they've been pretty liberal in the past. I think five is what yeah, it was. Yeah, a, a lot more liberal than Florida. Right. You know, Five as in redfish? Yes. Yeah, and they have that smaller slot to you. Right. Exactly. But I think the DNR just proposed them to go down to two yeah. and changing the slot closer well, to ours. I know all the guides that I know in Georgia, the coastal guides that guide redfish and such, they want it to, to be two. Right. They don't want five redfish kept every time. And plus, they're taking that 17 to like 24-inch slot is what they have. It's a 7-inch it's a, you know, slot. But, uh, you know, and... It's like I, I'm telling my clients now, it's like I prefer if you only keep one per person, you know, and they've already proposed to do four per boat, which would make me happy. But um, I love it when I catch a lot of big oversized fish. Yeah. You know. You so, let them go and you're not worrying about keeping them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and the guy who's chartering you or me, to, as, or, or if it's me that goes out not very often, um, I want to keep all I can keep. So. Mm-hmm. Because I'm eating them. Right. You, well, know? Uh, you know what I tell a lot of my clients, not to interrupt you, Gordon, I tell them, if you're looking to meat hunt, I'm not the guide for you. I mean, I'm going to go out and try to put you on the best bite I can of anything we can catch. 
But if you're looking to fill a cooler up, I'm not the guy. You know, it's just, you know, I have people that call say, I want to get, I want to get my limit of reds and my limit of flounder, and my limit of trout. I'm like, so do I just to catch them. That's awful difficult to do. Yeah. But now, you know, a lot of us guys, cause we get blamed for a lot of quote overfishing. And a lot of us are the ones that are on the front line saying, "Whoa, we don't want to keep all these fish, you know, and it's just, we're having to self, you know, regulate us and hopefully keep our fishery. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always interesting because it's a, it's an interesting decision when you talk about fisheries and fisheries management and, and Gordon, you're talking about bringing in the commercial conversation and okay. If you wanted to manage the fisheries overall from a more beneficial dollar per fish standpoint, then you would lean more of it all over towards the recreational aspect and less toward the, the commercial fishermen. But I think the one thing I think that you got to be careful of is when you start getting into that conversation, I think that's the one thing that you don't want to have. You don't want to pit the commercial against the recreational no, fishermen. I think a lot of yeah. times because then you just make everybody weaker, you know, when you have that conversation becoming uh, where you got a commercial and a recreational becoming two completely sides, two different sides, you know, Absolutely. where it has to be one or the other, you know. But it, but it's an interesting equation, and you know, in this past spring, Kevin's always talked about this, and he and he says this a lot. He says that you know, one Mother Nature a lot of times is the world's greatest conservationist because you think about how many days we were limited to in the spring, and how many days people got to go offshore in the spring because of the weather. Mm-hmm. And Mother Mother Nature closed it down. Yeah, Cobia was a little protected. Seventy five <laughs> and ninety percent of the days that we had, you know, that was available to us. So interesting conversation, and there's so many different things going on in our country right now that are just kind of like you just sit there and you shake your head at. But anyway. well, I think the commercial and, and recreational, we should all work together because if not, then it just becomes like our political atmosphere. You know, we got to work together to, to protect everything we have to begin with. Whew, that atmosphere is a little different. So you know, don't get yeah. Gordon started on that. So, uh, but I, let's go, Brandon. Did you see what I sent you? That uh, Leon sent me this. It was talking about May from 2021 to May 22 inflation. Bacon up 15.3 percent. Beef up 10 percent. Yeah. Cereal 12 percent. Eggs 32 percent. That's yeah. since April when? April or May of 2021 to 22. Yeah. Mm. Uh, milk's up 15%, bread's up 8%, veggies are up like 8 Yeah, Like I said, like we were talking about, <laughs> just, just hang tight because it's there's more to come. I mean, with the, again, I was talking about the fertilizer costs and then the fuel costs and those being inputs to farming, and it's going to be even more so in the future. All right, so when we come back, okay, one of the, one of the most economic dishes that you could possibly make is Gordon Groon's cooking tip of the week right after this, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Steenhatchee River Club, if you want to have a little getaway, especially coming up here this summer with scallop season, and yes, it's pronounced scallop. It's not scallop. Scallop. Okay. Uh, Steenhatchee River Club, 352-498-3222. Cabins, boat rentals, man, they got a great setup over there. What are you shaking your head at scallops for? How do you pronounce them? Scallops. Is that like pecan or pecan? Yeah. Pecan. pecan. How do you pronounce pecan? Pecan. Pecan. Oh, it's, yeah, pecan. there's only one pronunciation. Okay, how pecan. do you pronounce scallops? Scallop. Scallop. You're a scallop. Scallop. Scallops. Scallop. <laughs> I can tell you my cousin, my cousin who lives over in Steenhatchee, Carlene, and she's a firecracker now. Yeah, she would, 
swat at me if I say scallop. Scallop. It's scallop. It's like O. Not an A. It's an O. Scallop. Well, except it's spelled with an A. Scallop. Scallop is something that you do differently. Scalloping. Anyway. All right. uh, (laughs) Earlier when we were talking about the uh, the owl pellets thing, um, I mentioned that I wasn't quite sure what kind of owls that they were. And if you go to our, our Facebook or our Instagram page and you scroll back and you go back a few days, my best guess is because the screech that the one owl did, and it sounded almost like an eagle kind of a screech, or at least I'm guessing that was an eagle type of screech, but I'm thinking a barn owl, because a barn owl has a, a pretty distinctive screech to it. So if those of you are wondering maybe what kind of owls they are, uh, definitely the one is a barn owl, I'm thinking. The other one I'm not so sure on, so maybe I'll get a trail camera in there to get pictures of that one as well. All right, now we want to do a Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week. Kirby Co. builders, industry leader and proven provider of, of uh, drywall. And also, if you haven't seen the pictures that they have done of the work that they've done, oh, my goodness. Now go to KirbyCoBuilders.com and some of the work that they've done on the framing, drywall, and interior and exterior on commercial and also residential products has been impeccable. And this week's Kirby Co. tip comes from Gordon, and it's uh, Gordon's famous meatloaf recipe. Okay, now, meatloaf, we were just talking about this during a commercial break. You go back to when meatloaf probably was founded or started, wasn't it a way to stretch meat to go farther? Because meatloaf has meat, but then other things added to it to make it look bigger or to to feed more? The original hamburger helper. Right. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it is. It is a... It is a meat extender. And so your recipe, I thought this was pretty interesting, and so... You like venison. Yes. I like venison. Uh, Chip, venison? First of all, it's... uh, Grass-fed. Grass-fed. Organic. Organic. (laughs) Doesn't get much better All of the above? Yeah. Okay, when you get your venison ground, do you guys add some fat to it? What percent? Uh, Generally, I let him make that decision, but I add to it afterwards accordingly. Okay. 75-25. I'm about an 80 20 guy. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Right in that range. And uh, sometimes down to 15, but I, 20 is right about right. So your recipe is this. I'm going to, I'm going to read it. Okay. Three pounds of ground venison. And if folks, if you don't have venison, you can use, ground beef. You, you can use ground beef, but you can also add a little bit of sausage to it. Sure. Maybe mix it up a little bit. Okay. Um, three slices of white bread, no crust. Why no crust? What's wrong with the crust? We're going to take the bread and dissolve it in the beef base, the all juice, basically. Okay. Right. And then mix it in like Miss Jewel does with her hamburgers. With her hamburgers, okay. And it, and, it, and the, the crust doesn't dissolve well. Okay, doesn't it, mix. It's just chunkies. Yep. Doesn't mix. Okay, so the three slices of white bread, two tablespoons of Lowry's garlic salt, two tablespoons of Lowry's seasoned salt, that's the Lowry's red, I learned, okay. One tablespoon of black pepper, one cup of Progresso Italian breadcrumbs, 
one cup of Cattleman's Carolina Tangy Gold Barbecue Sauce, and then a quarter cup of beef base better than bouillon or just beef stock? Yeah. The the beef base uh, is a lot more beefier tasting than stock. Stock is is very watered down. This will be when you when you make the beef base out of that better than bouillon or any of the other things. It's you know it's just it's just got a lot more beefy taste. Beefy taste. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh. Turn your microphone to. You know, Schulte said you're not talking in the microphone. He just sent me a text. Said, "Come on, go." How about it now, Schulte? All right, better. Okay, so according to your directions, Schulte just, just texted me and said that. Okay, according to your direction, now you spread the, how, how you spread the meat. Yeah, what we're trying to do is keep from getting it too compacted and it's tight and it gets it gets. I'm gonna say this: your meat just gets hard. You want to keep? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you spread it out on your on your sheet pan, and put all your the ingredients on it, and then you just lightly mix it together. Don't not squeezing it between your fingers. Uh, and uh, would would a proper term be fluffing your meat? Y- yes, gently. Yes. Right. Oh. Goodness. And, and nope, after you fluff nope, it all nope, up nope, and nope. get it shaped, don't you know you're not you're not gonna pound it down and pack it up nice and make don't, it tight. Don't pound take, the meat, fluff it. the meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, this is going down here quick quick. Focus. I'm just trying to listen, I'm just trying to understand. I want to do it right. I, <laughs> okay. Um then you just You thought this was easy, didn't the you? The size of the the size Oh boy, this is giving the size of the pan is going to matter too, because then you so want to size, size does matter. matter. <laughs> <laughs> because you want you want it to stand up from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about two and a half inches, uh, <laughs> so that it doesn't get too dried out on the outside. <laughs> yeah, so you thought this was easy, yeah. right? <laughs> That's oh, that, goodness. Uh, when you don't mature past 12 years old, this is what happens. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, so, uh, got it now? Yeah. Okay. okay. And then, Focus. Uh, Focus. Th- th- then you're going to cook it at 350, 375 for about 20, 25 minutes. Now, there's, there's these um, mixers, okay, that have, and, and, and I don't think they – we have one, and and it's a and I, I don't know the name brand. And Tara uses she actually uses it to help make her zucchini bread. Yeah, but it has like a long kind of a hook thing yep. that hangs down, mm-hmm. and so it just it kind of gently folds things right. instead of mixing them. Mm-hmm. Would that be okay? No, no. You like to just slowly knead the yeah. We could, it, it when you're if you tried to use a mixer, it's going to get too compacted. Okay, yeah, you know, in All there right. in. Well, it's interesting because uh, I've never thought of it uh, the, the way that you talked about, about making the meat tighter. Okay, but what is what's the, what does it change? Does it make the does it make it taste different at the end of the road? By it, it actually the consistency changes a lot, and then it just gets drier. It's some some reason or another it just doesn't seem to hold the juices. That's okay, any, any, even even by adding the bread. Mixing the, you know, you're you're going to put the bread into the into the beef base, the all juice, uh-huh. um, and then when it's dissolved, you basically won't see it anymore. Then you're going to just pour the all juice on there. Even with that added in there, and if you get it nice and you've packed, and you know the difference, what it, how the easiest way to explain it is the difference between like buying one of those pre-made hamburger patties, yeah, 
from the grocery store and they're right. making your own. Right. You know how not how tightly compacted they are and they're not mm-hmm. juicy. That's 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 basically the difference. Okay. And uh, the greatest thing maybe about uh, meatloaf is it's not just a one meal one trick oh, pony. No. Next right. three four days. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. So no, when you when you make meatloaf, you just go ahead and make a, a pretty good sized pan of it. Double load. That's right. That's okay. Cause yeah. For me personally. There's nothing better than leftover meatloaf with, uh, and then cut it in a piece, slices, Same and then pan fry it, and then do it with fried eggs. Mm-hmm. I love fried eggs and meatloaf. I mean, that's like one of the best. Fried egg and meatloaf sandwich for exactly. breakfast. Okay, a meatloaf sandwich just for the next day's lunch. Mm-hmm. A warmed up meatloaf with whatever vegetables over the next couple days. Yep. I'll take meatloaf any day of the week. Anyway. Before long, it's about all we're going to be able to afford. Don't get us started on that. By the way, uh, Favor wanted to chime in and said that uh, that's absolutely the most entertaining Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week. Oh, Lordy. And by the way, she got a good good call, Schulte, by getting Gordon to talk into the microphone. And I hope those guys are doing well. We're going to check in with them here real quick when we come back. One more segment to go right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Let's uh, go to the phone lines, get an update from Captain Kirk on the water in the old school kinkfish shootout. Captain Kirk. Man. They call it the breeze, don't they? They call yes, it the sir. breeze. We're trying to uh, trying to bring you some good luck. Breeze. Well, we got a jack, shark, and a yak, you know, so. Whoa, 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 a jack, a shark? Shark, and lots of yak, you know, yak, you know, yak it, yak over the side. Oh, no, you got sick clients. Yeah, we got a little yakking going on here. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) That's not good. Well, it's a little, it's a little lumpy, you know, it's starting to settle now, the wind's finally, the breeze has finally settled down some, but. Yeah, the bite's been slow. There's been a few fish caught out here, not hearing a whole lot when the radio's real quiet, you know, and you don't hear a whole lot of bragging going on. Um, I heard they caught some to the north and a couple to the south. Nothing big yet, some teenagers. So there's some fish being caught, but they ain't being caught where I am. Let's put it that way. Well, the update from Faber, who is south of you, is that, uh, hey, they have not had, him and Brother James have not had a bite and are getting ready to make a move. And yep. then the update to the north of you from Dave Edwards and his family crew is that nothing for them, but there has been a 30 and a 20 pounder caught next to them. Nice. Well, he's in a good spot. He should stay there. Yeah, it, it's funny. We just made our first move and just stopped. And the water is gorgeous, Jeff. I mean, Gordon and Chip. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous, but. Not a whole lot moving around in it. We saw some glass minutes a little while ago getting worked. Seen some little tunies going through. So there are some fish moving, but but uh, not where we are. We're just going to keep fishing and, and cross our fingers. You know? All right. Well, uh, keep at it. Uh, stay safe, and, uh, and I hope you get a big one. All it takes is one. That's right, brother. You got that right. All right, guys. All right. See you, Kirk. Good see luck. You. See you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's tough fishing. All right, let's do an updated weather report. Brought to you by the best barbecue in Jacksonville, the Bearded Pig, two locations, one at Jack's Beach, standalone location, and also the new one, which is in San Marco. That's a standalone location, too. Great design, folks, uh, and great selection of beer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Today's southwest winds 10 to 15 knots, 3 to 4 feet with a period of 5 seconds. Light chop on intercoastal and a chance of showers and thunderstorms. Tomorrow, south winds 10 to 15 knots, 3 to 4 feet, 5 seconds on the interval, chance of showers and thunderstorms as well. Monday, southwest 10 to 15, becoming south in the afternoon, seas 2 feet to 3 feet. Tuesday, same thing, southwest winds 10 to 15, becoming south in the afternoon, seas 2 to 3 feet. Wednesday, same thing, west winds 5 to 10. And I don't know if you guys happen to see the uh, inland forecast, but uh, next week, Monday, 91, Tuesday, 92, Wednesday, 91, Thursday, 90. It's going to be warm. When you get that southwest wind, that, that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, Tides Port brought to you by Angie Subs, best sub shop in Jacksonville. And I got a new favorite sub, as I said before. It's it's my wife kicked me out. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes. It's a it's <laughs> smoked chicken thigh and turkey. It is outstanding. Uh, today's tides at Mayport, 12.07 p.m. is your low tide. That's a negative 0.42 this evening at 6.59 p.m. It's going to be a 5.07 tomorrow in the morning at 7.12 a.m., it's going to be a high tide. That's a 4.19. And then tomorrow afternoon at 12.59 p.m., it's going to be a negative 0.62. That's your tide support brought to each and every week by Angie Subs. All right, uh, Chip, inshore fishing. Uh, I know we haven't talked about this yet because we've been kingfishing talking and everything else. Has it backed off as much as everybody has been saying that it has been? Yes. <laughs> because, I'm, I mean, I'm – Looking to go tomorrow, me and the wife maybe in the kayak. I, uh, I changed some things up. I found I was catching less legal reds and started fishing for everything. And I'm finding a lot of bigger fish in deep water. And when I say deep, that's anywhere from 8 feet down to about 22 because I like to fish the roll downs. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a long time ago uh, from Captain David Boris about – working those ledges and uh with a kayak it's kind of easy too for you guys to do you have a depth recorder on yours i don't you don't no that's the one thing i've kind of been hemming and hawing about getting and i I think i'm gonna get one i think it'll make a difference i mean we had some really good flounder within the last two weeks um you know i was fishing with rob hoglin and mike conley and rob had a nine and a quarter next day a ten you know, you had one that was five also. So, I mean, there's some big fish around. Um, but I with my clients right now, I tell them specifically, look, I'm not going to be species-specific. Let's just go out and fish and see what we can get into because the legal reds, I'm catching smaller ones and bigger ones. And yesterday I had a phenomenal day down in the valley, and I haven't fished down there in a month and a half. And we had four legal reds. We had six legal yellow mouse. We had uh, three big bonnethead sharks. That, I mean, the big ones, not the little ones, the big ones. We had a 40-inch bull shark. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. That's a, that, just a, a quick little note here. You brought something up that uh, you're not the only one that said something about. You, you mentioned yellow mouth trout. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. For years, we were catching a bunch of them in the St. John's. And then nothing. Yeah. Nothing for five, six, seven years. I heard her back. 
Well, you know, close to where you used to live, well, closer to the Buckman, I used to go out there and charter up there a lot. And we had summers that we were catching four and six pounders up there. Yes. With a gulp sinking minnow. It's all you needed. Straight, nothing. Throwing up current and bouncing. Yeah, it like a three eighths to a half pounds. And we catch a hundred fish Crush in a charter. And we never kept them because they don't taste good to me out of the river up there. They have like a that rivery that rivery I ate them. That rivery dirt <laughs> taste is same as the river same 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 as the river shrimp. Yeah. But my clients loved it because I mean we would go out and just and hammer it. So um but yeah, I, that that was so much fun, plus the stripers and everything else that were up there and you know, I haven't seen it that way. And I have friends that still live up there and, and I go up there occasionally and, and tarpon fish. But um, you know, it's yeah. I don't know. Kevin calls it cyclical when he talks about fish moving around. Yeah. That's a lot longer than cyclical. That's a long time. But we also had that hurricane, which I think could have done a lot of the sure. the movement of the water and the changing and the silting and this and that. You know, because all you had to do was find a deep ledge and get up on the edge of it and, and work that down going current and it was a no-brainer. Anybody could catch them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to yeah, see I'm interesting just back. because, I mean, you're catching yellowmouth in, in the intercoastal. Yes. Okay, are they showing up in the river as well? Because I haven't caught any in the river where I'm fishing. Yeah. Um, not the edges that I'm fishing. Plus, I'm using a lot bigger baits when I'm fishing. Right. A lot of the stuff using mullet, crab. You know, I'm, I use fish bites on every hook that I use. Um. You know, I put a little piece of fish bites on before I hook my shrimp on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hook it on with my, like when your crabs wash out, you know, I, if you crack a crab and use a half, it'll start to wash out. I always have the fish bites crab chunk on it. Um, I throw their curly tails, their dirty boxer. It's a phenomenal bait for flounder, redfish, trout. Um, <clears throat> but, yes, it slowed down. But with that being said, the mullet have shown up. So we started using mullet, and mm-hmm. it's picked back up. It's like they don't want shrimp a lot of times. They want to go to mullet, crab, bigger baits. And I've uh, been fishing a, a lot of different stuff, and now I'm ready to start firing off on tarpon because that's all I really it's care about. It's that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but, yeah, it, it slowed down. Larry Minder and I talked about it yesterday. Larry's fishing the kingfish today, yeah, the old school. Today. Yeah. What? That's, what, that's, old, that's old school there. Yeah. So you should have got a report from him today. I was, you know, I wasn't going to bother so. Larry too much. But I, I when I was uh, talking to him last weekend when we were over at Atlantic Coast Marine, and uh, Larry said he was going to be fishing the old school. I was like, what? Yeah, man, that Larry getting out of the flats, you know, and getting out on the on the beach. Good for him. When the Godfather's not catching them in the valley, something's so, wrong. Something's wrong. That's <laughs> when I run to another area. Uh, I hear you. All right, thank you, Chip, for sitting in today. Gordon, thank you. Yes, sir. And thank, thank you, you for honor. cooking breakfast. Amen to that. And Chris, thank you, brother. Hey, yeah. Hey, uh, quick shout out to Mrs. Chris. Tomorrow will be our 23rd anniversary. Congratulations, uh, congratulations. man. Happy 23rd. Yep. And pray for her. And <laughs> <laughs> as usual, the Nimnik Outdoor Show is brought to you. The, by these fine sponsors, the Bearded Pig Best Barbecue, Ring Power and a Cat Rental Store, Claude Nolan Cadillac, Thick Pen Heating and Cooling, Coastal Equipment, Consignment Boat Sales, LV Hires, Inc., Hagen, Coastal Outfitters, and Hagen Ace, having their 60th celebration sale today, Atlantic Coast Marine, C&H Marine Construction, Tire Outlet, Kirby Co-Builders, Whalen Bay Marine, Shimano Strike Zone, Angie Subs, Steenhatchie River Club, and of course, 
St. Augustine's Moe's Southwest Grill. And cannot forget our title sponsor. Without them, there would be no Nimnik Outdoor Show, and it's the Nimnik family of dealerships, Buick and GMC on Phillips Highway and Chevrolet on Cassett. We'll talk to everybody next weekend. See ya. See ya.